welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and joining me today is the ever-quotable Jay. Look at all that young, fresh chicken. That Where is... I come from, we call them baldies. That is, that is... Makes your mouth water, don't it? No, it oh my does, God. does not at all, Jay. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it should, because <laughs> delicious chickens are delicious. Oh my God, if it ain't done by KFC, I ain't fucking with it. And the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. I prefer my chickens to be corpses. <laughs> and as a special <laughs> guest, we have Alex from the Married with Children podcast and formerly of the Skeleton Crew. Yeah, asshole. What's up? Not much. That's that's the famous Alex quote. If you didn't <laughs> I know, I swear to God, I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna find one of his pictures on Facebook and I'm gonna make a T-shirt with him on the front and then put "Yeah, asshole" on the back. Uh, find one where he's like doing a thumbs up, like a Fonzie kind of thing yeah that'd be great i'm gonna do it i swear to god i'm gonna do it oh, yeah asshole. Woo. so yeah, don't, don't forget the woo at the end though yeah, yeah. without the rick flair woo it just doesn't count <laughs> well i invented no i guess i couldn't have no, never mind yeah you stole it from rick flair <laughs> but it's okay he'll be dead soon um <laughs> jay how you been man uh pretty awesome i got uh i got this new mic for my birthday so now i'm on the same level as you guys Stepping up in the world. Been making those uh, those YouTube videos. I feel super fancy having this this swing arm above my monitor with a, a microphone and a pop filter in front of it. I feel super professional. Well, I always thought you were super professional in porno. Well, yeah, my hands are soft. <laughs> and Kenneth, how you been? I've been all right. A little sad recently because, you know, Vinnie Paul died from a Pantera damage plan and uh, hell yeah. But uh, other than that. Vader time died also. Mm. I used to play as him in uh, the PlayStation 1 game WWF in your house. <laughs> I did. House. My dad went to Japan oh, once and he brought me back Japanese wrestling magazines and Vader was on the front cover of them. But yeah, so other than that, I mean, everything's been going all right. Nice. Well, well all right. Uh, Alex, how you doing? I'm still a legendary podcaster, but only because I'm married with children now, not so much a skeleton crew. It's what I've been doing on there that keeps me in that status, but I'm good. Yeah, that show went downhill when Steve left. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> well, I'm still there, so that's why the podcast is still great. Oh, okay. Yeah, you need Man, to get a, another Steve guy on there. <laughs> We have a Jefferson guy now. No, a Jefferson guy sucks. You need a Steve guy. That Steve Listen, guy you had was great. Your legendary ego, Alex, always gives me an erection. <laughs> yeah, I'm a total legend, sure. Uh, no, but um, I'm good. Um, let's see, what am I upset about? I'm here, so that's one thing. That's uh, worth being upset about. Yeah, that's about it. That's, uh, the Pantera guy is cool, but I really wasn't that into them, but... Um, yeah, other than that, I'm good. I I listen to an Every Time I Die cover of a Pantera song in honor of them. I don't know if that was respectful or disrespectful, but that's what it's I did. Disrespect. Well, coming coming from you, Jerry, I actually find that to be respectful. Yeah. Actually, they, because... they, uh, were, when they played at Warp Tour yesterday, uh, someone recorded a clip saying them giving their respects to Pantera. Yeah, because for, you know, those of us that are really hardcore in the metal community, man, damn, Pantera when they when they emerged, they were a game changer for the for for the genre because with the uh, with um, you know the alternative scene 
the grunge and everything that was coming out in the 90s, metal was kind of going downhill because, you know, you had a, 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 a giant shift between the hair metal and all the rest of that shit that was going and then thrash and then it just kind of started trickling down and then Pantera came out with a fucking bang and it just, you know, it was, like I said, it's a game changer and there are major influences for a lot of us that are musicians. I've actually got uh, a dime bag tattoo on the back of my leg and, you know, that was Vinny's brother. You know, Dimebag was Vinny's brother. So it's yeah, like they're together again, man. Yeah, that's the and that see that's the thing that a lot of people's been saying is just like you know you're finally able to give your brother a big hug. So, I hope they right. make a band with uh, Lemmy from Motorhead and uh, awesome. Gigi Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would be fucking great. Play some hard rock tunes and throw shit at the crowd at the same time. Yeah. Hell yeah, you know, jacking off with your shit in front of people. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I do on a daily basis. Can we just have a Gigi yeah. Allen podcast? <laughs> that would be fucking crazy. Uh, anyway, so guys, uh, we, for the past couple of shows, have been talking about a giveaway, but my iTunes has been fucked up. Well, I finally fixed my iTunes and got it running, so I was able to take down those names. So we're going to do a giveaway for, I took all our iTunes peoples, and I took all our Patreon peoples, and I put them together, um, except iTunes says we have more ratings than we're actually there. I couldn't find, like, there's a bunch of reviews that says we have that it won't show me. So, I don't know what's up with those. So, I only took the ones that I could see. So, what we're going to do here is we're going to put all the pressure on Alex. Alex, pick a number 1 through 15. 13. 13. Uh, That would be... Joey Afonte from the Horror Mafia podcast. You are winner number one. You will be able to select one thing from our giveaway box. And now, uh, Alex, give me another number one through 15, but can't be 13. Uh, oh, I was going to say that again. Um, <laughs> I guess then eight. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Master T2. On iTunes, if you're listening to this, uh, you find a way to contact me. Uh, Facebook group, Kill the Cast. If you're not on Facebook, um, well, we'll figure out something. We have we have an email. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't have an email? Uh, yeah, there's links in the description for you to be able to find us and get in touch with us. So get in touch with us. In fact, uh, actually, I'll, let me go ahead and look up our email right now so I don't <laughs> fuck it up. Because... I I killcast13 at gmail.com it is killcast13 at gmail.com bam so email us uh, master t2 and we will hook you up with something from the box unless you are working from skynet which makes me kind of worry because of your name if that's the case go fuck yourself you piece of fucking computer taking over the world shit hmm. uh, I don't fuck with skynet okay well, they have a new movie coming out. I know. I saw the pictures of uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah, that's when you say, guys, let it be. I, I, <laughs> no, I want more Terminator movies. I don't care. <laughs> if they're gonna, I just don't want them to do another one. Like, I just feel like they keep repeating the same story just poorly <laughs> each time. And I just don't. If you're going to do it, do something crazy this time. Go all out. Or go like super gritty dark like if you're gonna bring sarah connor back go like super dark and gritty yeah there were like no action scenes whatsoever in genesis that was the most yes, and was. it was 
really? Like, not they, majorly. They I mean, like a couple giant moments. set pieces, like in Terminator 2, but they right. were there. Yeah, I, was I think for the giant set pieces. I thought Terminator Salvation was actually pretty damn good. I love Salvation. I thought it was really fucking good. And that mm. was a different take on the story than just, you know, you got two Terminators trying to kill somebody. You mm. know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I thought it was, I, I actually thought, I really liked the way they went with it. And right. I wish there would have been like a direct sequel to that. Well, I always wanted, um, I always wanted immediately after like part three when they start taking over. And instead, it seemed like that was months or years later. Uh, I don't know, man. It seemed like small scale to me, if that makes sense. Like it, it just wasn't a grand movie. And and after you get done watching Terminator Two, you kind of expect everything to be like. Like, that is the definition of big blockbuster, big time, main guy, Arnold, like, everything Yeah, but look falls what they followed up with, man. Terminator 3 sucked. Right, right. I, well, I'm not saying that was good. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of figured if you're going to go ahead and continue this, you must have some grand scheme here, right? And then it's like, no, we just have sort of a small little thing going on. And it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, but see, I like that. I like that they that they kind of brought it, uh, that they kind of scaled it down a little bit. And then you know when they when Genesis came out, they were trying to scale it back up, and they were trying to reinvent the series, you know, like they did with X Men, and it just didn't work. And you know, I like the idea of the the operating system. I like Mm. that. I like the idea of that, but I just don't think they did a very good job. Right. So, you know, I would really like to see where they go with this new one, but I kind of agree with you on if they're going to bring us an old Sarah Connor, you know. Yeah, let's go big here. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact that, you know, they got Linda Hamilton back, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, you got to find a different direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or find hair dye or something. Maybe they'll pull a (laughs) Halloween and just ignore everything and, like, make it a direct sequel to, like, Terminator 2. They can do that. It's that would be time great. travel. They can do whatever. Uh... <laughs> that would actually be really cool. Um, yeah, but how's Arnold going to look young? Unless uh... they just CGI his face. Though. And I'm all for that. I don't care. Yeah, but see, the thing about it is, is if they do a direct sequel to Terminator 2, they don't even have to bring Arnold back. Because he fucking, you know, got goddamn melted at the end of T2. Ah, but I think he is coming back, right? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, I don't At know this either, point, I'm just like, what the fuck ever, man. <laughs> you, you know, but if they did a direct sequel to T2 and it, and omitted everything else, they wouldn't even have to bring Arnold back. They could re completely reinvent it from there. Yeah. Well, that was our Terminator talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, guys, uh, this is our 50th episode, and as you saw from the title, we are doing a horror coliseum for best summer camp slasher best summer camp horror movie we're putting the burning versus sleepaway camp and a no no holds bar all out hardcore battle and uh, we even had to bring alex in because this was such so big we needed a fourth person to help hold this up three just people like his just, voice what th- that also and pl- i'm trying to get back <laughs> on the married with children podcast so i'm like alex come do a show with me remember how great it is let me back on the show. Um, Let me tell you how big your dick is. Yeah. I will lie to you all day. Um, <laughs> Whatever it takes for you, dummy. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> in honor of the 50th show, we brought Alex on, who um, I've always said Alex is the person I feel made me a better 
podcast host because listening to him on the Skeleton Crew really started shaping the way I started running Kill the Cast, which you can hear start influencing me after every show after the Phantasm show we did. Because during the Phantasm show that we did, that's when I found the Skeleton Crew because they just so happened to put out their first uh, Phantasm episode in their Phantasm retrospective, uh, which was towards their tail end of the Skeleton Crew. Right. And I started listening to that. I started talking to him. I started learning from him, not by being like, Alex, tell me how to be a host, but instead listening to what he did, saw how he transitioned things, saw how he did things. And that's what made me a better host. And in turn, oh, wow. uh, basically riding Alex's coattails. I rode Alex's coattails <laughs> so fucking hard. And it, and it was hard because one, they're covered in beer and semen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should have slid right in then. Oh, yeah. How do you think you didn't even notice me? <laughs> yeah, you seamlessly slipped in. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Uh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, th- it was a long journey. Um, I sucked when I started, definitely. And I'm glad that all that you know, hard work and studying my craft and everything like that really paid off. I think a lot of it was, uh, you know, no offense to, well, I'm not going to name their names, but hearing other podcasts and just realizing what I'm not clicking with when I hear them. And I said, you know, a lot of these guys get on and they're just kind of bullshitting about movies they like and stuff, but they're kind of forgetting that you're supposed to be entertaining people here and you're supposed to be like engaging them and keeping them hanging on every minute. And it's not an easy thing to do and you can't not care about that aspect. So that was my whole approach. And I started learning that idea and I, I stole a lot of my stuff from Howard Stern, actually. Like, that, his whole kind of thing, I kind of took that vibe and just instilled it into what I was doing. And that's how the Skeleton Crew came to be. So I'm glad that somebody like you appreciated it. And actually, since we're done, you took it and said, let's continue on in that fashion and and keep it uh, rocking. So thanks. Yeah, and you've been a big fan of Kill the Gas for a while. Um, And I wanted to ask you, we're, we're at 50 episodes What's some of your favorite episodes we've done? I know one of them. Yeah, I'm not good at memorizing. I mean, if I looked at your list, I wish you prepared me for this question. No, uh, fuck <laughs> that. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like, Jesus. Um, no, I, I'm sure I could zip. This I'm not is a... where we know that Alex is not listening to <laughs> one fucking episode yeah, of ours. That's not fair at all, man. I cannot remember the episodes. <laughs> Jesus, you gotta like at least give me a list and I can say, oh yeah, that one, that one, that one. Um... Offhand, I mean, um, I, I like that Freddy Part 2 one you just did. Uh, obviously, Psycho 3. I was obsessed with the uh, Black Hat review for a little while. I kept playing that over and over for some odd reason. Um, I know, because I went back to listen to the episode, and, like, it, man, that's a rough start. Like, do you just skip the first 10 minutes? Um, yeah, I'm sure I did eventually. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna. I gotta look up. I'm putting kill the cast. Is there a way to get all of your oh, horophilia? Are you still on there? No, we left there. It just sometimes shows up still, <laughs> even though it's taken off iTunes. Oh, I'm going to Podbean then. Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. Podbean. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything's on there. Thank God my computer's super fast. Oh, here we go. Um, the last house. The last horror at the end. Yeah, I like that one with. Uh... Oh yeah, where we, where I interviewed Watson. Yeah, that my was interview good. shows are fantastic. The horror packs are good. Um... Alex, our first interview show. Yeah, 
Yeah, he was. I, uh, we were doing another movie, and it was, and I didn't like where it was going, so I was like, let's just bullshit and ask Alex questions, and that's how the interview shows started. But of course, I then started like doing them properly, and I haven't had Alex come back to do his properly. For anybody out there that wants to know what that movie was, it was Matango. Oh God! Oh, One the day. Wolfman. I like the Wolfman show. Uh, that cannibal one that you guys talked about. I remember that. Oh, that was a rough one. Yeah, Not, yeah. just just a rough movie to watch. The oh, I know. podcast was fun as shit. Yeah, well, it. just a little inside. There's gonna probably be a just about a rough movie that we're gonna do here real soon. <laughs> I don't know uh, which one it is. But oh I'm sure it was God. Rough. Black Christmas. Oh, I like that one. That uh, one. Do you still care about this answer or no? Yes. Uh, yeah. I want you to <laughs> fucking stroke uh, my ego. Let's see. That's not what I want him to stroke. <laughs> oh, How here do we go. I want him to stroke anything when he still has a pulse. <laughs> oh, best of the 80s. I liked when you did that because you were on our show. Wait, did I steal that idea from you? Did I ask you yeah, for that? Yeah, you, you hit me yes, up and was did. like, hey, I want to do this except with the 90s. Will you come mm. on and do it? That way it's not so much stealing, right? Yeah. yeah um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you had Jerry on your Married with Children podcast. And yeah, that I made see. you feel better about that one, too. Yeah, I sure sort of and stole that. And then Steve left. <laughs> <laughs> but you turned it into an amazing thing. I'll give you that. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, oh, Horror uh, Alien vs. The Thing was one of the standout shows that I felt. And that was after we sort of met because that was uh, – well, no, these all say March. Never mind. Uh, but that well, was sort those of... are re-uploads, so it's not the original upload dates. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, um, Creature of Black Lagoon. You probably did a better job than we did. We were very preoccupied during that show. So uh, the Halloween review you guys did was hilarious to me. Probably not the reasons you want it to be, but it was amazing how you didn't seem to know anything about Halloween. Yeah, we had fucked up like so many things about that <laughs> movie for some reason. I don't know. That's what actually the one fuck. of my favorites, just because of that reason. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it's just amazing to listen to. We, yeah, great. We're not as big of fans of that movie as everyone else, and like all three of us, we're not as big fans of that movie. So like, we don't like have like so many people have that movie fucking memorized. That as soon yeah. as you start talking about it, you hear them come out of the woodwork. Well, actually, they weren't really related. Now that wasn't until the second movie. And since we've done that episode, I've now listened to like. The re, the skeleton crew re-edited version of like banana Rattle laser, laser. and uh, then like epic. uh the Jason versus Michael Myers uh skeleton crew episode. Uh, and so like I've learned much more about ho- the first Halloween since then. So like I could redo it and actually know what the fuck I'm talking about now. Oh, yeah, good. I just said fuck that movie after we did that because I was just like, you know what, screw it. Yeah, but yeah. We, none of us for some. I don't reason, like that movie enough to care. <laughs> Yeah, it's very odd. Well, that's not nice. My favorite I, I movie. I just don't, man. I mean, it's not. I said it in the podcast. It's not <laughs> one of the biggest fucking movies in my damn. I've, I own it just to own it. I don't even have it on Blu-ray. I've got it on DVD. What? I have the whole thing on Blu-ray. I've got the whole thing on DVD. I have the whole <laughs> thing on Blu-ray. But, I, I mean, I've also got the whole thing of Nightmare on Elm Street. And we know how I feel about that. Yeah, that says They're the same Your much. favorite movies ever. Uh, Those Jay, are the worst fucking movies ever. Calm down. That series you know is what? garbage. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that some of you like that, or one of you. Sorry, Jay. Uh, but the thing is, like, I don't know, man. After Nightmare is good for, like, one is, like, a high school play that was filmed. 
between the acting and the cheap sets <laughs> and the cheap everything. But nice. besides that, it did it did give us like an incredible character. I mean, like the thought of Freddy, a guy coming to you in your dreams is the, probably the most amazing concept ever. And he even looks perfect and all that good stuff. And the music's perfect. But somehow it just doesn't. The movie is just bizarre. And the, the casting is incredibly horribly done but uh besides that like you move on part two is just great and then three is cool for people who are into that kind of thing i'm not exactly but then god four and the rest are just fucking atrocious yeah I mean, Na- nancy is no the worst thing Ugh. i've ever since marshmallow stares it is the worst thing oh yeah and all the hairs growing out of her moles all over her body is really creepy I think it's sexy. <laughs> Can it, that's just because it makes you think of cancer and her dying, and then you get to play with her corpse. <laughs> I actually would fuck her live. Uh, really? Oh, that's yeah, I don't know what it is. That's just something oh I find out about her. Can I think she's hotter in the third one, and I think she's even hotter in New Nightmare. Uh, mm. uh. Well, the, my for my last answer to this, Bram Stoker's Dracula review you guys did really impressed me, and... You were so enthusiastic or something about the making of. So I immediately, after I turned your show off, I went on YouTube and put it on my TV in my man cave. And I watched the making of just because you guys. So that obviously uh, struck a chord, too. So but I'm sure I liked a lot of other ones. But, you know, a person's memory doesn't really go that far with things like that. But especially when 90 percent of your brain is used to keep married with children facts. Pretty much. Sorry, I'm a little preoccupied. It's such an intense undertaking, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, as I have, you know, been witness to the progression of the Married with Children podcast, I'm like, my God, <laughs> there's so much that goes into that, man. And I mean, it's just constant. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, Jesus. Oh, oh. by the way, your 15th episode was the Married with Children uh, show you did. Uh, it was 90s sitcom Halloween specials for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And it was excellent. Uh, it's one of our favorites. So I, that guy's probably not listening. There's a guy recently in the Married with Children group who has been like, <laughs> just talking as much shit as possible on me. And he was like, he was like, I can't believe Jerry didn't know what Dynasty is. I know what every pop culture reference since the 1800s is. He literally Actual said that. Fucking quote from this guy. Is that verbatim? <laughs> yeah, uh, sort of. Yeah, he so, said, I I know everything from 1843 or something. Yeah, like no fucking joke. I was just God like, damn. How? How do you fu- like? And he can't, he said I was uh very opinionated, and I'm like, <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do? Come on the show and just not at- say anything? I don't fucking understand that. Like, what do you want from me? It was, to me, I, it seems like the dude's very good at compartmentalization. I <laughs> yeah. So fuck that guy. Um, yeah, if you weren't opinionated, I would have thrown you off the show. I'd be like, okay, listen, do you have something to say here or what? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm here for Steve to make Steve look good. And once Steve le- leaves, I'm leaving. In fact, I, it was so heartbreaking. I couldn't even do the Steve leaving episodes. I yeah, to, you didn't even get there. I had to leave. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with the stress of it. I broke down from the stress of Steve leaving. Okay, I love Steve, but I came back for a Steve uh, special episode. And if there is any crossover audience here. You're getting me back for a little bit. I'm filling in, guys. Ooh. I'm bringing Steve back, even though Steve's not there. The spirit will will live on. I'm going to cram a Steve reference in every show. 
<laughs> All right, so let's get down to business, guys. We are here to tackle uh, best summer camp horror movie. Now, most of the times when you think summer camp horror movies, you probably think of Friday the 13th. But you know what? Friday the 13th movies tend to always focus on the counselors, and it doesn't really focus on the kids as much. And so it feels a little less summer campy. But two missing everybody and their mama does Friday the 13th. There's also that. Um, so we <laughs> decided we were going to take The Burning and put it against Sleepaway Camp. Because to me, those are the two summer camp horror movies that really feel summer campy. Is summer campy a word? It's a word now. Um, so we're going to start with The Burning, which is from... 1981, directed by Tony Malam, written by Peter Lawrence and Bob Weinstein. It is based on an original story by Malam, Harvey Weinstein, and Brad Gray, with a musical score by Rick Wakeman of the progressive rock band Yes. Uh, does anyone <laughs> no. listen to Yes? No. No? Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, first, let's, let's just get into general thoughts of the burning uh let's let kenneth take it away first god damn it <laughs> what you don't want to take it away you've never been you don't want to go to camp blackfoot i don't know okay fine <laughs> fuck you i'll go to camp blackfoot so the burning starts out with uh these kids playing a prank it's just a prank bro on a uh, that's how it always starts how it always starts uh and they're doing it over a summer camp caretaker well the prank goes horribly wrong they set him on fucking fire and he becomes a atrocious no. to be fair he set himself on fire that's exactly what i was just about to say technically he did it and me. let me tell you the acting of that opening scene is pretty terrible <laughs> he wakes up suddenly but then he takes like a minute looks at the head and then like knocks it into his bed he was sleeping he took him a minute to know what was going on he should yes and then he woke up stared at the head and i was like mm, i think i'll hit it into my lap boop if i woke up and saw that i'd just be like well damn that looks pretty cool kenneth you <laughs> would try to face fuck it not with them candles in it, I wouldn't. I would at least take the candles out first. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you would have kept Cockburn. the worms in, though, right? What? You would have kept the worms in? Yes, because it okay. gives it a little tickle. Yeah, and they're squishier. <laughs> yeah, when they're trying to get away. Well, what if like, one tried to crawl into your pee hole? That's not how it works. Trust me. No, oh, they're going to they're wait, gonna try to get no. away. They're not catfishes from the Amazon, Alex. Hold up, Jay. How do you know how that works? Um... So one time at summer camp. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> uh, so uh, this movie starts out uh, with the guy burning. It's great burning effects, except for the tiny moment where you can see the guy wearing a helmet. Yeah, um, I was going to say. You call in that all of those movies, though, when people catch on fire, once it does a wide shot, you can see that it's the stuntman. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I've ever I, watched a movie from the 80s where you can't see the stuntman. I'll give slack to any kind of uh, fire Thing just because that's really hard to pull off. It takes a lot of practice and effort, so I'll cut a little slack for setting someone completely on fire. No. No. <laughs> Alex, because on the other hand, demands perfection. 
they could have wrapped his head in something white or peach to to match a head and maybe brown on the back to look like hair and maybe peach hands instead of fucking black gloves and a black suit and also shot it from 80 fucking feet away and not close-ups. <laughs> like, why would you do close-ups? That's like the last... I'd say, okay, guys, this looks like shit. Can you go stand on the freeway and shoot this? Like, I don't understand why they, they shot it like that, but okay, even my wife was laughing today. But don't you feel, since it's 1981, like, it's still kind of early in that uh, effects? Uh, like, if you compare it to effects from other movies from that time? I, listen, low budget, sure, but why not have the presence of mind to say, let's stand a little further back? Yeah. Also, do we expect more because it's Tom Savini? That too. Not so. when it comes to a burning effect, I don't. You, hey, like I said. Because there's I, a completely different team over the fucking, over, over burning effect. Yeah, but they might have asked him about it. Ah, fair enough. No, I blame uh, the director. Honestly, director. Uh, I'll agree. Fair enough. Uh, so, dude gets cooked. I mean, fucking Big Mac overdone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Big Macs are fried, movie. actually, not broiled. So that was a total fuck up. Yeah, it's, I don't know how they made McDonald's in the eighties. Um, you should have said Whopper. I guess McDonald's is is bigger known, so it's one of those times where they just were like, "We're going with this joke instead." <laughs> so we have Corpsey uh, picking up a, a hooker, and this whole thing Corpsey. is so such a fucking giallo. Uh, we we just came out of a Giallo movie, but literally the lighting in this, the black gloves, the stab wound to the stomach, it is like, it it is 100% them being a Giallo. I actually like the stab wound to the stomach. I I do too. I thought that pretty good. Uh, even though the prostitute was a horrible actress. (laughs) A lot of people are horrible actors in this movie. I mean, Um, unless you're paying good money for the prostitute, they generally are. (laughs) Do I? Yeah, you're not paying for girlfriend time. Hey, what are your really bizarre coincidence? I swear to God, this is not a joke at all. Okay. So remember how, like, in this movie, the the hooker says, well, I guess you could leave your hat on if you want. Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm growing my hair right now. So it's going through, it's going to be a long time before it's not an awkward stage. So uh, my wife wanted to have sex today. She's upstairs, so. Okay. And... So I insisted I put a, a ball cap on during it because I was very self-conscious about my wait, wait. flailing. Was it was it your bear's hat? <laughs> no, it was a, a Ron John surf shop hat. But so I insisted <laughs> I put this on and she goes, are you serious? Can you take that hat off? And I was like, no, just look somewhere else. And then we proceeded to have sex. So isn't that bizarre that I did this the same day I watched a movie where she says, well, I guess you could keep the hat on. <laughs> what are the Very, odds of that? But I love it. <laughs> I'm still, I, I still find it interesting that you, you put a hat on and told your old lady to look somewhere else. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm kind of like, I'm just going over this scenario in my head, and Hold I'm on. like, how what come, the fuck is going on, man? How come when he brings up having sex with his, uh, Hispanic partner, y'all aren't like? Oh, pull out the video camera. Let me get them pics. But when I do it, you want a full production. Because I'm still stuck on this fact. That I have no idea what she looks like. Wanted to wear a hat. And damn shit. And then told his old lady to look somewhere else. <laughs> I'm still like, 
I, mean, I don't even have words for that. I'm well, I've been with her for eight years. I'm not very proper or bad. Like, just but still, so man. I'm, whatever, dude. Whatever. You do what you got to do, bro. <laughs> so wow. we fast forward. I didn't give a fuck what my hair looked like during the awkward stage. I was just happy that I was getting laid. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm pretty considerate. Oh, I, I hear you. So we jump fast forward uh, five or so years. We are at Camp Stonewater. And with that, it is time to actually break down this movie using our categories. And the first one is story. So we are now going to go through and get everyone's score for story since Kenneth didn't want to go first. I will go first and then I'll pass it to Kenneth. This is your heads up, Kenneth. Hey, thanks. You're welcome. So I gave story a six. I think it's a typical revenge story that doesn't really have a twist. And you know everything the almost the entire time and what little mystery there is, like why is he specifically doing it here? It, it's not really played up. And the first time I watched it, I just remember going, oh, that's how it's related. So it's not just random. Okay, sure. Uh, so it's an okay story. But nothing to me stands out. There's no real mystery that you get like when you watch like the first Friday the 13th or anything like that. So it gets just a six from me. Go ahead, Kenneth. It's a seven for the for pretty much the same reasons. The only reason why I give it a little bit more is because and and we're just going to go this from story point of view, not from production point of view. Um, because I think the kids were a little bit more fucking inventive with what they used for the scaring of the guy at the beginning. But other than that, everything else was pretty straightforward. You know what I'm saying? Kids do something stupid. Guy gets fucking goddamn fucked up. He comes back, wants revenge, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, pretty standard. All right, Alex, what was your rating? I gave it a seven. Same reasons. Um, <clears throat> pretty typical revenge story. Not, You know, it, it was almost as lackluster as Friday the 13th in that way because... The reason Friday Thirteenth, and I, I love it, you know, but it's only in hindsight because, you know, there's nothing really leading you to believe, or or even leading to the idea that Betsy Palmer is the red herring in any way, shape, or form. So it's like she just pops up out of nowhere. It's like, okay, so who are you, and why are any of the hints along the way leading to you? I don't get what we're doing. So like, that's not really a great reveal of any kind until she starts telling the story. It's like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. But what does that have to do with everything we just watched? So that's, that's, uh, in this sense, I guess it's, you at least know what you're dealing with here. And then again, just like Kenneth said, it's like, or I guess Jerry said, like once they put it together at the end, like, Oh, guess what? One of those kids is this older guy. And it's like, yeah. So Cropsy knew that because why? And he happened to know he works here. Why? And what's happening? So it's, I should have probably rated it lower than a seven based on all that. But it's it's a, it's a revenge story. It's whatever. It's the 80s. And it's 82. So, you know. Yeah. It's not, and it's not a bad story. So I, yeah. I, can, I can get behind a six. Uh, get behind a seven. Uh, Jay, what did you rate it? I gave it a five. Coming <laughs> in the lowest. Yep, it's basically all the same reasons you said. It just affected it more negatively for me. It uh, it was very standard. There wasn't anything fantastical about it. 
Fair enough. All right, we move into character. Oh, wait, uh, real oh, quick. Yeah. It's revenge, but it, he's only really getting revenge on one guy out of the five or six that were there, right? Maybe this was the... Dude, they could have made... If they didn't kill him at the end, they could have... Spoilers. Uh, They could have made, like, a whole series where he, like, went after the next guy. But I guess he only went after this guy because he's the only one who came back to a camp. Oh, okay. The other guys were like, I'm not going to a camp. I'm going to prostitutes. And that's why he hit the prostitute up first. But she didn't have the leads he wanted, so he went to the summer camp. Mm. I'm just making all this shit up. Yeah, and see, I, I now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I kind of agree with Alex because I'm just like, you know, how the fuck would he even know that that kid was there? He's basically been in isolation for how long? Uh, I want to say five years. Right. You know what I'm saying? While they're doing skin grafts and shit like that. So I just don't think, you know, and this was long before the age of the Internet. So it's like I just don't think that the guy would have been able to keep up with where this dude is unless he just goes back to the summer camp and recognizes them. Yeah, it's a it's a beginning of Friday the 13th part two situation where you just have to accept it. Right. But other than that, I mean. All right. So character and character development. I gave this a five. I think the characters fit generic stereotypes and with so many of them they're spread so thin by the time most of them die i don't care most of them are killed all at once anyway um plus most of the kids feel a little feel like they should have almost been the counselors themselves like if someone if they would have done the story and be like oh yeah jason alexander character is a camp counselor i would have been like yeah i believe that 100 percent um and plus you, you just have stereotypes you've got the nerdy kid You've got the, the you know, bully. You've got the cool guy who gets along with everybody. It just felt a little too generic for me. Um, so I gave it a five. Kenneth, where are you at? Seven. That's pretty much where I stand. I just gave it a seven. I really like the Glazier character. I liked him even though he looked like he's a fucking <laughs> goddamn mid-twenties dude. You know what I'm saying? I still liked, I liked how he portrayed his character where he's got, you know, like this fucking... New Yorker kind of, you know, assholey kind of thing about him, you know, like one of those fucking stereotypical New York gangster kind of things, but he's just not quite there. He's like a trailer park gangster. Right. And so, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I really like the way he, he portrayed the character, but other than that, everything else is pretty, you know, it's pretty damn typical. I mean, there's really no major depth to anybody else. Fair enough. All right, Alex, what's your rating? Uh, you know, I hate going after Kenneth because I feel like I was way too generous every time I hear my rating, but I gave it a seven. Um, I dig the chick from Bloodsport, the blonde. I'm <laughs> obsessed with that movie. So Can't I think go I... a single podcast with Alex without him <laughs> mentioning some 80s action movie. Yeah, well, see, the, thing, the thing about it is, is I'm with Alex because I was sitting there when I watched it the first time. And I'm like, where the fuck do I know that chick from? Yeah. And then when I looked it up on IMDb, I was like, oh, I was like, she's the reporter chick that fucked Van Damme in, in uh, Bloodsport. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I met her last year. She's actually really cool. And she said Van Damme is a total weirdo in real life. And I heard this and I met uh, the other guy, Jackson, for that movie. And mm -hmm. he said the same exact thing. <laughs> he said he is just fucking weird, dude. So they both think that. But OK. Uh, yeah. So she was cool. I mean, probably just you know, my nostalgia really with that. And then Jason Alexander, like, dude, stop trying to be cool. You're not cool. No matter what you do or say, or whatever lines they feed you, you'll never be cool. 
you're just a bald loser, and we're just waiting for that to happen. And it eventually did. So he is just, I couldn't take him. Big nose, the guy's fingers chopped off. I really, he's really nothing amazing either. Uh, Did you recognize him, though? I did because I'm into, uh, I'm a big fan of Robert Downey Jr., and there's this movie Only You he's in with Mm -hmm. Marissa Tomei, and that guy's in it. So that's how I... The one that I know him from really, really well, he was in Hackers. Hackers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you ever see Hackers, Alan? No, I guess not. Whoa! You haven't seen Hackers? That's like the greatest 90s movie ever. No, I'm a hack. so good. You're missing out, bro. You are a hack. I'm a hacky podcaster. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) um, uh, Other than that, like the blonde chick who banged the guy who has like a mind of uh, uh, just total blankness and dumbness. Uh, what was his name? You just said it. Uh, Glazier. Yeah, Glazier. Like, I, I thought he was interesting because he really did convey stupidity. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought that was really incredible how I really believe he has nothing behind his eyes. And I guess that's <laughs> that, that's something to say about the actor, right? Because, I mean, he could be that stupid, right? So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's that He's the only one that I really, really like. <laughs> right. Does anyone think this movie is is was a super rapey warning sign? Because two of the characters in this are very pushy and rapey. Oh, yeah, and they're yeah. both like the super New York types. Well, yeah. why don't know. Jason takes Manhattan? They get off the boat. Ten seconds after they get off the boat, they're trying to force heroin into her and rape her. So, yeah. Welcome to the Casbah, Princess. The place of rape. <laughs> Alex lives up around that area. What, what are people like over in Manhattan? Have you ever uh, raped me? Apparently. I've tried <laughs> to rape three or four girls, but they uh, bought me <laughs> off. But, uh, if you had yeah. your beard, I bet they wouldn't have fought you off. <laughs> You know, Jason Jason Alexander is such a loser. He was even obsessed with, like, this chick with no ass. And he was like, oh, God, I got to grab that or whatever he said. Like, was that that most bizarre scene ever? Well, that was actually his ass. It looks like the bathing suit is, like, hanging off. So (laughs) it reminds me of the ass from uh, Friday the 13th Part 2, the chick that's going to bang the handicapped guy. Dude, I was going to say that, but I think you guys would get that. Yes. Uh, That's exactly right. Yes, but it wasn't Jason Alexander's character who wanted it. It was the New Yorky guy, ah. uh, the non, the one that actually looks like he would be some kind of Italian. Ah, well, there's that guy in my face. Well, there you go. Uh, but yeah, he no, actually no, kind of no, reminds like, me of the other dude in Last House on the Left, not Krug, but the other one. What was his name? Uh, Weasel. Yeah, he actually, the way he looks, kind of reminds yeah. me of Weasel. Yeah, Eddie, but it was Eddie who was super into that chick. Jason Alexander, on the other hand, was into this other chick who barely gets any screen time, but you throughout the movie he like flirts with her, and she's got no chest, no ass, no anything. She is super basic looking. She's super it was the eighties. Uh, that's true. Lame eighties though. <laughs> there are hot chicks. And b- by the way, I want to say real quick, because uh, we did see some nipple shots in the shower in the beginning when that creepo was checking out the girl. Uh, sleepaway camp wins in nipple category if we ever made one. So her, her <laughs> nipples were fucking weird, man. But it also wins in dick category, too. Oh, God. The cocks in sleepaway camp are phenomenal compared Best to Best cocks movie. I've ever seen in a movie, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Jay, character and development, what is your score? Uh, I give it five. The only person I really liked was Jason Alexander's character. That's how oh, I am. He, he's the one I like the most. last hour and a half. Wow, you must have been, like, punching your own hand. Like, come on, motherfucker. Every time I was saying something, right? No, he's just, he was funny. He was the funniest one. He was. He felt the most normal. 
Like, and he reminds me of me, like all the jokes he was making and stuff. Yeah, I, I, he also I stood literally, up for, like, the kid that got picked on. So I don't know. I just kind of related with that one. Yeah, I cut out a picture of Jason Alexander from this movie and put it on a, a picture of Jay so that I could see his <laughs> tattoos with the Jason Alexander face, and that's what I beat off to this morning. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> we need to take All a break. Right. Can you say that to me? <laughs> All right. Pacing and editing. Uh, I gave this a five. There are a lot of times where I just want this movie to go faster. There are moments that are like meant to build tension, but instead just come off as super boring. It has way too many lulls. Uh, between the exciting scenes and Jesus Christ longest boring chase scene at the end of the movie ever for a final chase <laughs> they that should have been cut down that was fucking just too much so I, I really wish they would have paced this way better uh, Kenneth where you at? 6 6 slightly above me okay yeah yeah I mean and the biggest issue that I had is the same one that you did you know, because the the editing of that of that last that chase scene and everything. I mean, it was just like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Get it done. <laughs> let's 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 just go ahead. And then and then there's this scene where um where dude is laying up underneath something or whatever. I can't remember what his name is, but he sees like the dead body of the chick that died in the woods. You know, yeah. the one that got out of the lake after after fucking. Uh, what's his yeah. name was getting all rapey with her. Yeah, if you look at that, if you if you pause that and you look at that scene, that's actually a still shot with her up against the tree. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what the fuck, man? I was like, y'all couldn't even fucking damn get get a picture of this chick with blood all over her inside <laughs> this room. You had to like fucking, and it's only quick, so they I guess they imagine that people won't see it. But I noticed it, and I was like, that's fucking bullshit. So, oh, wow. yeah, so that part of the editing really pissed me off. And then the, and I think I mentioned this to you earlier, Jerry, when me and you were talking. I don't know whether, what this has to do with, but the fact that there were so many opportunities for the killer to crispy critter that guy, and and he never took it. It's just a constant <laughs> walking to this dude, and then the dude's fucking swinging that axe, and the whole time, this fucking flamethrower will blow out like seven to ten feet in front of this guy, and 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 the and the dude is like two feet in front of him. He could have set him on fire so many times. Look, and, when when he bought the flamethrower from Elon Musk, he agreed to be safe with it. Whatever, you know what I'm saying. Either way, for whatever reasons that you want to be safe with it, that was fucking just absolutely ridiculous. I'm like, man, you could have set this dude on fire. So many times. Yeah. You know what? Complete side note. It is very fucking weird that a guy who was burned to death is, tr or not burned to death, but was set on fire is trying to use fire as his weapon. Seems like, to me, you wouldn't want to be around fire anymore. I don't well, know. He's going the I... Batman route. He's taking what scares him and using it to scare others. Or maybe... Is that why Batman touches Robin? I can't say yes. anything because I think there was like this episode of Criminal Minds where a dude did that. Where he fucking got burned really, really bad, and then he fucking, he was a fireman, and then he used fire to to kill people. I think there was an episode of that. But, I mean, it's just, a, I don't know whether they kept fucking putting the same shot, overlaying it, to make that, that, that where, where Cropsy's ch chasing this dude with the fucking flamethrower. I don't know whether they did that, but it looked fucking stupid. And then there's, a, then there's other scenes that are right after that, when Cropsy's on fire. 
where you can just see random shit that's just overlaid like a fucking cartoon in the background. <laughs> and that those are the biggest issues that I had was just with the whole ending. The rest of it I didn't have a problem with. All right, fair enough. Alex, what's your rating? Can I start talking to Kenneth before I develop ratings? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I gave this a seven for some reason. Uh, yeah, I will give them this, though. <clears throat> the Cropsy fire killing ending to the same guy who did it to him. Uh, and, and, you know, Kurt Sutter taught us all that to exact our revenge on our enemies. And just remember what Jax did to the guy who was responsible for what happened to Opie. And think of uh, what Jax did to the guy who he thought did something to someone at the mm -hmm. end of season six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exacting your revenge is a really cool thing to do to people. I've been doing it for about 20 years. So <laughs> it's really fun. So uh, and, and the other thing I'll say about the editing that did work for me with him not killing the guy at the fire when he easily could have. The, um, the scene where he's like on the ground... And then Cropsy's walking up to him, and the flamethrower's right there, and he keeps sort of crawling back, and he's raining his face with it, but he's not doing it. That was kind of cool because uh, what I learned from Hard to Kill, an 80s action movie, is that uh, the anticipation of death is worse than death itself. So I all these references. Yeah. So <laughs> I know. Do you, you want to just take Kenneth out on a date? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we really need to. <laughs> uh yeah so it's like that's that's amazing in a way and i was really into that scene and if you guys said that end scene lasted too long i i gotta admit i was drunk and on my phone for a little bit of that so i didn't notice it well that's the only way to deal with this ending, to be honest <laughs> yeah but that right there is a prime example of what we're talking about you had enough time to be drunk and on your phone and the scene was still going when you came to your senses <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on! I came dude. to my senses to still see him not shoot him with the flamethrower. <laughs> exactly, dude. And then, and oh. then I understand what you're saying about the prospect of death, but at the same time, man, that that's a completely different world when you're about to get stabbed or something like that. But you're about to get burned to death, which, from what I understand, is damn one of the worst things in the world. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't need you the know? anticipation for that. It starts when my feet catch on fire. Right. And I mean, it's I mean, it's like you know, you're fixing to have somebody just blowing fucking fire at your face there's no anticipation needed you're going to burn to death that yeah. fucking the idea of that in itself just the only time sucks. blowing fire should come up is because she had some taco bell diablo sauce right before she gave you a blowjob okay <laughs> right i mean you know i mean i've literally sat and thought to myself when i watch you know all these hundreds of fucked up movies that we all watch <laughs> And I've thought to myself, Jesus Christ, the idea of burning to death or, or not even dying, just the idea of burning like that is absolutely horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do not want to be a burn victim. <laughs> no. Me I mean, I look close enough to one. I don't need to actually feel the fucking, <laughs> the effects of it. You know what I mean? Kenneth, have we ever told that story? I think so. Oh. When I first met Kenneth, I asked him if he was a burn victim. Wow. Yeah. Like, literally, the first thing out of my mouth was, Hi, how's it going, man? I'm Jerry. Uh, what the fuck? Were you a burn victim or something? Yeah, well, you're such a sweet guy. We've friends for, like, ten years. Swear, <laughs> swear so to you. We have someone, our friend Roxy can verify this, because she did not want us to meet each other. Because she didn't think we would get along. She thought <laughs> we would immediately get into a fight. Uh. And then we finally met each other. And the first thing I asked him was, are you a burn victim? 
Right, yep. Now I know why you're so charming. Ah, uh, yeah. Fucking wow. great. Uh, yeah, but see, that's actually one of the, my favorite things about Jerry. That that right there proved to me that Jerry was somebody that I was going to like being around because he didn't hold anything back. He, he wasn't trying to be an asshole when he asked me. He was genuine. He, he wanted just, to he know. genuinely was one, right. Right. He wanted to know. And the thing about it was is it's like, you know, at that moment, I was like, okay, this dude's real. I like him. He's fucking honest and straightforward. I can't stand people that are just like, you know, hold back and whatever else. I mean, if you got something to say. All right, fine. Say I'll leave, dude. I, I was invited <laughs> on the show. <laughs> what the fuck do you want from yeah, me? I didn't ask to come Fuck yeah. All but, right. All right. I'll go. Whatever. There it is. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason why we've been friends for so long. Yeah. All right. Um, Jay, pacing and home. editing, what's your score? I think the pacing and editing for this podcast is a zero. <laughs> 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 uh, I gave it a six. Uh, it it uh, it spends a lot of time building up this fake atmosphere that it doesn't even use. Like when the guy goes to get his vitamin E, that fake scare it never goes anywhere. It was just it was completely pointless. You, the that whole scene, scene was pointless. Like they left out a clip because he goes there to find the kid who's getting the vitamin E because Glazer apparently said something which they you don't find out till later when they get back to the mess hall and he's like. Glazer, you do that again, I'm going to kick your ass or something. And it's like, what are you talking about? Why did, what did Glazer do to convince you to go oh, out there in the first good. place? Good, I'm the only one who wondered what he's talking about. Yeah, so, no, okay, I so had to here, like listen, kind of piece listen, it together. This is what I got from that. Because he saw someone in the window and he told Todd about it, Todd just assumed it was Glazer fucking with him. Well, no, that doesn't work because the kid who saw the face in the window was not involved in this scene. And yeah, because he runs and tells Todd. He's like, Todd, no, 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 no. Something to the window. Glazer tells Todd to go out there to the cabin where other guy is getting his E, his his vitamin E, not ecstasy. Uh, so fucking lady yeah. ass face. Uh, so it was Woodstock. Woodstock went out there to go get his vitamin E. Yeah. And uh, then fucking. Uh, What's it? Tony Todd? What's his name? Uh, Todd goes out there <laughs> also. Todd. Tony, yeah, Tony Todd goes out there also. <laughs> and there's bees. Um, no, that's goes, the next movie. Oh, fuck. My bad. Um, and so Todd goes out there and then scares Woodstock after death. And then they go back to the mess hall where Todd confronts Glazer about if you pull another stunt like that, you're getting out there. But I feel like there should have been a scene where Todd was talked to by Glazer to send him out there to get Woodstock. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it connects to the fucking Alfred seeing Cropsy in the window before, because Alfred's not the one that did it, and no one believed him anyway. How much yeah. is that Cropsy in the window? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, AMV Hell Zero. Um, Onward to atmosphere. Uh, yeah, okay atmosphere i gave it a six while it does feel like summer i feel like once we leave like we leave the camp and uh, i immediately forget that these are campers that these are kids who are supposed to be at a summer camp uh as they're in the woods and they go to this fucking random building towards the end i just feel like they should have made this they should have stuck closer to the camp uh and the atmosphere that's built by tension just does not really work because it lingers too long. 
Um, so that, that's pretty much my big problem with this movie's atmosphere is it starts off really, really strong. And then by the time they get on their, get on the rafts, make it out there and the raft disappears or their canoes disappear and they build the raft from then on, it starts losing its atmosphere because you get this gigantic burst of kills and then it's nothing. Then like everything's super slow. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So, Kenneth, where are you at? I gave it a five. I just didn't think the atmosphere was all that. I mean, I I, I give it credit for trying to be creepy, but I just didn't feel like it was creepy. I felt like when it really comes down to it, the cinematography and everything else like that, I felt like some. I felt like they were fucking running around, you know, filming these kids doing whatever, not giving it any kind. I didn't feel any tension. Nothing. I didn't even think the POV shots were that great. You know, I just didn't, I just didn't. I, I gave it a five just because they attempting, were attempting to give it that creepy atmosphere. And the fact that they caught the summer camp vibe. But other than that, there just really wasn't a whole lot to it. I didn't feel unnerved by what was going on. Like, like when you're watching something, a slasher movie like Friday the 13th or something like that, the, the combination of the music on top of, you know, thunderstorms and shit like that and all the rest of this stuff. It conveys that unnervy, you know, feeling. This did not do that to me, you know. And the only thing that kind of gave me a little bit of that, you know, was the score. And I'll talk about that when we get to that. But other than that, the cinematography and all the rest of that, I just didn't feel, didn't do it for me. Gotcha. Well, I know there was no Latinas in here, so I know Alex didn't like the POV shots. Alex... (laughs) What is your score for atmosphere? Uh, I give it a six. Um, although, you know, score is a separate category. I will say that I did definitely focus on the score and things like that. But I'll say that it didn't really propel me forward in any engagement of any type. Uh, it didn't make me feel cozy and stuff like I feel when I watch a Friday the 13th with that kind of music. And um, I did really admire some of the shots. They really do a good job at, like, sunsets and things like that. But the atmosphere, um, I don't know. It half-captured me. It it more feels like uh, there's just another 80s horror movie and they're – it's a campsite, things like that. But it didn't engage me in any way, shape, or form the way Sleepaway Camp does. So it totally fell flat in that way. So that's why I gave it a six. Gotcha. All right, Jay, atmosphere. Atmosphere, I gave a five. Uh, kind of for the similar issues I had with pacing and editing. It just, uh, a lot of wasted stuff. It spent time building atmosphere, then I feel like it threw it away by not having it go anywhere in my opinion. Um, it, I mean, it felt like a summer camp, but it, like if you take out all of the uh, murder, it could easily just be an 80s summer camp comedy slash drama. And I just felt like the, uh, the overall atmosphere was lacking a lot. Fair enough. All right, we move on to scenery set design. I gave this a six. Um, once we leave the camp, we just get a lot of boring woods and then we get the uh, broken down house, which was that supposed to be Cropsy's house or was that just a random building in the woods? Like you're walking in Venezuela and you found one of the broken down Nazi hideouts in the woods. 
what what is this i just don't i just don't like it does everything look like a summer camp and looks like woods in the summer yes absolutely but it doesn't do anything to really um excite me it doesn't do anything to really <laughs> set me up um it's woods and a river for most of the movie um i like the summer camp but that's about it i think the mess hall was probably the best most summer camp feeling thing so because even their rooms felt like a little too big for a camp like for a summer camp unless that was like for rich people summer camp yeah i was gonna say their parents just paid a lot yeah apparently this is all rich new yorkers or something um so i i just give it a six kenneth where you at i gave it an eight and because oh, I really, but the reason being is because, damn, it, it goes back into what I was talking about, about the atmosphere, where it really conveyed the summer camp look. And, you know, I've been to summer camp, so the, uh, I haven't been to like one that's all summer long, but I have been ones that are like week long. And, 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 you know, some of the places that I've been to when you go to public parks and stuff like that, these, the, the, the inside of these rooms actually do look like that, you know, where you can pack in, you know, 20 kids on bunk beds. You know what I'm saying? So it 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 had that look to it, the woodsy part of it and everything. I mean, I like the fact that there were areas in the woods that weren't um, completely graded off and whatever else. It still had the, the grown-up and things like that where it looked like that hadn't nobody been there in a year. I like that. So I thought the set design and, and the scenery actually looked pretty good for a summer camp. All right, Alex. What do you feel about scenery set design? Um, I give it a seven. Um, as far as Cropsey's place you were talking about, what it looks like, what it should be, it, it definitely looked like the kind of place a hot Brazilian girl would bring you over to to have sex with you, then you'd wake up with no kidneys or something. So I don't know like what they're exactly trying to convey there, but it just seemed uh, odd to me in whatever way. Uh, it did definitely give the summer camp vibe feel I guess, and the, like you said, there were just a lot of woods and a lot of lakes to me, and that really didn't make me feel anything. So it didn't blow me away or really capture anything. Uh, again, I keep saying it because we're reversing it, but the way Sleepaway Camp does. So uh, this gets a seven. All right. Uh, Jay. Jay. Jay gave the scenery and set design a seven as well. Um like you guys said, it looked and felt like a summer camp. Um, I've never actually been to any kind of overnight extended stay summer camp. I used to go to day camp because my mom worked and she needed a place to dump me for a few hours. So, But that was mostly just showing up to a school and then we'd go to a different beach every day. Wow. Uh, nothing, nothing special. But it looked and felt like a summer camp to me or what I imagine a, a summer camp to be anyway. At least the Wait, the Hollywood got, generic version of a summer camp, I guess I should say. You got to go to a beach, man. When I went to day camp, they just dropped my parents would just drop me off at Walmart <laughs> and I just hang out at Walmart all day. Go to the toy section. We'll be back. You know, Pretty much. It's, it's crazy, man. I'm fucking. When I was a kid, my mom worked at a dentist office, and the dentist office was like right next to Blockbuster. So I would literally go stay in Blockbuster all day. <laughs> that's funny. oh yeah we talked about on that on the uh movie rental store episode all right she worked when she worked at the dentist and then when she worked at fucking movie gallery you know going back to that episode shit i literally got to hang out in the movie store and watch whatever the fuck i wanted that's fantastic all right 
we now move on to acting. Um, I gave this a seven. Uh, I, there's nothing great here to me besides Jason Alexander. I think he does a fantastic job. And a lot of the acting just comes off as okay. It does get spotty in some places, but not enough to completely take me out. They do tend to focus on the people who are better at acting and the people who are bad at acting kind of only get very few lines or anything like that. So I rarely was ever taken out of the movie because of acting, which is mostly what I want to put it as. Um, In retrospect, I think I may have scored this a little high considering, but I still give it a seven. Uh, It's okay acting. Nothing that's going to blow me away. Uh, Kenneth. I'm at a seven as well for pretty much the same reasons. I mean, I think the acting was, it, it was good for who was on there. You know what I'm saying? Like the chick from blood sport, uh, dude that we know from hackers and in other movies, uh, Jason Alexander, you know, it's pretty much the same thing that Jerry said, where you've got the heavy hitters, which, uh, which are the ones that are focused on even more. Um, I really like going back to what I said about the character development. I like the dude that played blazer. I really liked him. Um, I thought he conveyed his character very well. And so, you know, I gave it a seven. It wasn't that fucking fantastic, but it was definitely above the middle for me. So, you know what I hate when they have people smoking cigarettes in movies and they clearly do not know how to smoke a cigarette. You can always tell you like I know at least for Kenneth and I, because we used to smoke cigarettes watching a movie. You're sitting there and I'm just like, Tiger, you do not know how to smoke a fucking cigarette. It's like when they thing down. When they when they pull in the drag and you can clearly see that they're not fucking inhaling all the way. They're just it's putting not the smoke only that, in their it's mouth. It's how they hold the cigarette. Where it's not fucking like natural. Where you're just yes. sitting there and you're doing you're, you're when you're holding your cigarette, you're doing everything that you normally do. It's just there. Yeah. So that <laughs> you know? bothers me. Um, speaking of things that bother me, Alex, what did you think of the acting? Uh, I, I probably de- I well I absolutely overrated this acting. Uh, I think I did it based on. My rating for Sleepaway Camp. So, you know, when I looked at the two, I was like, well, I'll give this that. So I gave it an eight. <laughs> and I think it's probably for the same reasons you guys mentioned. They focused on the heavy hitters. and They didn't like uh, <clears throat> let a lot of the bad actors become the focal point. Um, the chick from uh, Bloodsport was good. Jason Alexander, although I don't like him as a person, I think... You know, he, he definitely was a, a person you wouldn't, you know, think, oh, wow, this guy's a horrible actor or anything like that. Uh, like I said, folks on a lot of the good ones. It wasn't like glaringly obvious. These were all terrible actors, although the weird, creepy guy was pretty bad. But I just chalked it up to that's who he is in this movie. So I give it an eight. Fair enough. All right, Jay, what do you think? Uh, I give the acting a five. And that's almost all for Jason Alexander. Wow, they, you didn't like anyone else? No, it just, I don't know. Maybe that's a little low, but I didn't get my second watch in like I wanted to. But it's just, uh, I don't know. I didn't really, I wasn't really impressed or cared about anybody for the most part. All right, fair enough. Uh, we will move into special effects. Um, I gave this an 8. This is honestly why we are here. We're here to see classic Tom Savini effects. They look like classic Tom Savini effects. Uh, some of them look kind of bad by today's standards. Watching back, there are some times where you're just like, Ugh, that did not look good. For example, when Woodstock gets his fingers cut off. That whole does goddamn not, scene. 
does not look good, but there are other scenes that look fantastic for the special effects. Um, and uh, also, I want to point out the Cropsy mask. The face work on that is actually super well done. It looks really good. I, I, I really do like that. So I, this is probably one of my highest ratings. I gave the movie, and that's an 8, Kenneth. I gave it a 7. I mean, for for the pretty much the same reasons. I mean, you know, the 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 whole the whole scene of the raft brought me down because you know obviously the look like you were talking about about Woodstock's fingers, but the whole thing, I just didn't care for it. You know what I'm saying? And and I give you the example that I gave. I give everybody the example that I gave you, Jerry. It reminded me. Or, or let me, I guess I'd put it into context. The scene that I'm talking about reminded me of this, but however, damn, is when Jason comes walking out of the cornfield and he just starts slicing up all these fucking kids. <laughs> and you can clearly see the mechanism that's spraying the blood underneath Ugh. these kids' shirt. It was fucking ridiculous in Freddy vs. Jason, and it oh, was yeah. ridiculous in this. It looked it's, like shit. Yeah, it's them cramming too much into one scene. <laughs> right, and and it's like, you know... When I was watching it, that I, I just couldn't get past that. But at the same time, like the scene where Glazier gets killed was really fucking good. Because damn, when he had him pinned up against the wall with the fucking hedge clippers, yeah, that was really good. Neck, yeah, you can st- when he's moving the hedge clippers, you can see the hedge clippers moving in the tree, and I thought that was really awesome. So it's like I've kind of got a. I've, that's the reason why I put it up above a five. Cause I would have brought it down because you know, the, the, the Cropsy mask looked pretty good. I liked what they were doing with it, but it still was clearly a mask. It wasn't like, it didn't look to me like there was prosthetics on its face. It looked like it was just a rubber mask, but I liked the idea of it. But the glazier thing, that kill is what kind of brought me, tipped me over up towards more closer to 10. So that's the reason why I gave it a seven. I, I feel like the cross crop Cropsy mask would be like if they did a remake of Nightbreed and they wanted to like fuck up Decker's mask really bad to piss all the fans off, that's what they would make it look like. I can see that. Um, all right, Alex, special effects. God, look at these ratings. Did you ask me a 1 out of 20? or 1 out of 10. 10? Oh, okay. What do you mean like, 1 out of 20? I gave it a 9 for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely... Hey, so, hey so, this is your ratings... <laughs> Uh, you know, can I you change may... these or am I going to mess up the whole show? Uh, no, you got to keep with what you wrote. Yeah. See, there you're you go. Fucked up, son. That's what keep I'm going. saying. You, That's you're what fine. I'm okay. I think, I think people will, will understand, uh, that there's a variety here, but like, it works because say... it also shows you can't change it because then you would have to change your sleep away camp ratings. And this will show cause your ratings are intertwined. Yes. But you can always pull a Jerry and say, well, in retrospect, I probably would have made it lower. Okay. Well, don't point out how I cheat, Kenneth. In (laughs) retrospect, I probably would have made this lower, but I gave it a nine. Um, Yeah, those fingers on the dude is laughable. Um, But oddly enough, that's not the funniest thing. I actually laughed out loud for a straight, like, 45 seconds. And it's not because the fingers on the guy of the raft scene. It's because of the giraffe that uh, Cropsy killed. 
Uh, when he stabs this fucking guy in the neck, I mean, there's a scene where like he pulls the thing out of his neck, and this guy's oh, neck yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. one of those African women who put the rings around their necks to make yeah, them longer. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's, my. it's like a it's like a reverse of how oh, Kevin Bacon gets killed. Is that when he stabs Eddie on the raft? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is fucking laughable. That that raft scene, I don't know if it's because they were doing special effects on the water or if it's because they were cramming all of it into this one shot. And I think the raft scene is what most people talk about for this movie. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, it's them blowing their load in, in one shot. And <laughs> years later, down, I'm sure at the time on VHS, all that looked fantastic. And we'll, we'll come to a scene in Sleepaway Camp where we'll go... In VHS, I'm sure this worked, but on Blu-ray... Oh, I know what you're going to say, yeah. uh, It just does not hold up very well. Yeah, you can see too much. Yeah, so... One weird thing, when they were put... I know we're not really talking about the movie all that much, but when they were, like, launching this raft, I thought it was bizarre that the two fucking people wearing pants were standing in the water to push this the thing out. Meanwhile, there's, like, eight people on the beach wearing (laughs) shorts, and they're just standing there. Like... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and but, the chick even later on, fucking, uh, um, uh, what's the name? Michelle, she, like, when she jumps into the water later to go check on the raft that's floated back, she takes off her clothes and gets into her bathing suit. Right. But not for this. Right. Yeah, so, it makes no fucking sense. It was bizarre. Um, but Savini, yeah, um, you know, Friday 13th 2 is known as my favorite, uh, well, top two favorite horror movies. Um, and Savini did not work on that to work on this. And it doesn't really matter in the end because the MPAA would have cut that up anyway. So it makes no difference how good anything looked in terms of uh, special effects. So uh, at least you could see something in these movies. So that was pretty cool. Like you, you get to see a good chunk that you definitely can't see in Friday 2 at all. So and they both came out the same year, so which is bizarre because they have the same weird campfire story fake uh scare scene <laughs> yeah and they both came out in the same year so you wonder like well they're working on the same time that's why you couldn't work on this one so how the hell did they both do this who stole whose idea yeah but they both say that neither one of them stole the idea but damn near there's a couple of spots in the campfire thing that it's almost verbatim mm-hmm. and i'm yeah. like when i was watching it earlier today i was like what the fuck? Right. And even the dude that's fucking goddamn telling the story, he <laughs> kind of looks like the guy from Friday too. Yeah, it looks like Paul. Yeah, so, so I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole weird thing. But so because you can see a lot of it, I think I probably like overappreciated it. So I gave it a nine. Well, I mean, I gave it an eight. So it's not like you're that far above me. I think there is a charm to classic Tom Savini effects. Mm. And I think... Uh, we're a bit more forgiving of it because of that. When honestly we should be like your effects in the first Friday movie, which was before this are better than this. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, um, but so, then again, you know, going back to what you were saying about giving him a pass, then he gave us some of the best special effects of all time in Friday four. That's true. Uh, you know, because really good in the prowler also. Yeah. You can't deny the special effects in Friday four. That shit yeah. looked fucking great. Yeah. Speaking of, Friday Night Horrors. Jay, what was your rating? Um, damn it. I was trying to come up with something witty to your your carryover to me, and I got nothing, so I'll oh. just go on with my score. Uh, so after listening to you guys, I actually kind of 
feel silly giving it what I gave it. Too um, bad. But yeah, too bad for me. I gave it a 10 because I like old school 80s practical effects and I didn't notice any of those mistakes until y'all just pointed them out. And then I went, oh, yep. Do you feel better, Alex? Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> Wait, okay, so Kenneth, you gave it a 7, right? Yeah. So I, you gave it a 7, I gave it an 8, Alex gave it a 9, <laughs> and Jay gave it a 10. <laughs> I also appreciated them because they helped break up the, what otherwise was a monotonous movie. Fair enough. And the, right. uh, the burn effects, the, like, the burn effects on the guy looked really, really good. I like the burn effects at the end of the movie more than I like the burn effects at the beginning of the movie. But I don't I do mean him being like on fire. I'm, I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean him being oh. on fire. I meant it, like the makeup for afterwards. Like when the arm grabbed him, that looked like a burnt arm. And at the end, despite knowing it's a mask, but I mean, I would have known that regardless because obviously they didn't burn a guy's face for real. Uh, I thought that it lo- he looked really good at the end too. Kubrick would have burned his face for real. No. <laughs> All right. We move on to kill slash gore because it's tied into special effects. I gave this a seven. Uh, And here's where it gets a little double-sided for me. We get on-screen kills, but a lot of them are just slash cuts or stabbings. Uh, There's not as much creativity in this movie to me. Um, And the, the kills feel so unbalanced because so many of them take place at one point in the movie. And then after that, you don't get as much. Um, after that big scene, you get like two more death scenes. One of them being off screen, then another. And then the rest is just a long ass chase where you don't get anything until the killer is killed. Uh, so it just feels very unbalanced. But because some of the cuts and stabs did look good uh, and we got good bloodshot and gore, I, I gave it a-, a seven. Kenneth. I gave it a seven also. I mean, pretty much for the same reasons. I mean, it, uh, as I had for the the special effects. I mean, you know, there were things that looked pretty good, and then there were things that were absolutely terrible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, going back to the the burning helmet scene at the beginning, you know, the, the special effects just were not that great. You know, and, and it's like, you know, for that for that in itself, and then the other reasons that I had with the, you know, with with the kills and stuff like that. Some of them looked really cool. And then other ones looked really shitty. So I just kind of stuck with the seven in this one, too. All right, Alex? Sadly, I chose nine because I probably just made it uh, congruent with my special effects rating. Uh, well, Jamie, Jamie's not here. You don't have to use big words. Oh, <laughs> so I get to stick to two syllables? Yes. Yeah, man. Okay. Really cool. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, it's kidding. Now, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the kills were cool, you know, and, you know, setting people on fire and cutting their hands off and stabbing them in the throat is always cool. Um, I don't know. I probably, I'm probably like just the good ones stuck out to me when I was doing my ratings. Uh, and then the other ones I forgave, you know, because it's like whatever, it's 81. So I gave it a nine. And I'm not saying I stand by these ratings, by the way. So. Fair enough. I don't stand by any anything I say on this podcast. Jay, where are you at? I don't stand, period. And that's uh, why I'm That is bullshit. Place. I've seen a picture of you holding Stephen King's The Stand. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, oh. you were sleeping and I put the book on you and just took the picture. But oh. still. 
And you didn't stick around for breakfast afterwards? No, you're a fucking diabetic. I don't want to eat your shitty breakfast. What? I'm holding the DVD. Uh, so right as a diabetic, <laughs> breakfast is the best meal because it's almost all protein. I can make eggs and omelets and bacon and sausage and everything else that's delicious. Bitch, I want pancakes and syrup. Well, you can have that. I'm a great pancake maker. You better be. Anyway. I gave your... the Kills and Gore a 10. For the same reasons, I gave the SFX a 10. Okay, so you gave it a 10. I was going to ask you to repeat it, but you gave it a 10. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Just for the same reason, I gave the SFX a 10. Like, they they were just... They're literally the best part about this movie. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like they deserved it because they kept me entertained. Just because I abbreviated FS... Fuck me! SFX doesn't mean you should say it. Say special effects. What are you, a fucking hero? SFX. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, uh, I'm definitely doing that for the next movie, too. I know. I fucked myself now. All right. Let's get into the monster slash killer of yeah. this movie. I hate uh, all of you. Why? Because I like pancakes? You know, I'll be specific on why I hate all of you. Okay? okay. At this current moment, I hate you because you can eat whatever the fuck you want and you stay scrawny. Yeah, okay. it's called fucking depression. It's fantastic. Right, My okay. depression doesn't do that. Well, your depression wait, wait, is not wait, wait, from wait, wait, Alabama, wait. you cunt. Let me finish. I hate Alex because Alex, for some reason, has the mental fortitude that I do not have to fucking just absolutely be sexy. Okay? <laughs> I've seen pictures of this man with no shirt on. Okay? AKA sticks to his diet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He has the mental fortitude. And then I hate Jay because Jay, even though he has a actual physical condition he still gets to eat good food and he's currently losing weight no not anymore because i went from walking for five miles a day at my job to sitting on my ass fixing electronics so i need to uh i need to get an exercise bike or something and get those five miles back into my life but either way so there there we go fair enough well back into uh the hatred uh that's a different movie oh my bad (laughs) Uh, I gave the monster slash killer an eight. Um, I, we don't get much of a backstory, but I think the backstory is enough to provide and enough of the, enough of a motive to make me understand the killer. Um, and it also keeps the mystery, even though I know who the killer is, I know why he's doing it. I never get like just clear shots of the killer. So they try to keep some kind of mystery, even though you know everything about the killer. They try to do something mystery, uh, which makes him a little bit less boring. But other than his face looking all burnt and fucked up, looking like a burnt Big Mac, uh, and and that he does his job and he does it well. Um, so I give him an eight. Uh, in Alex retrospect, I maybe should have went down, but we'll see if I'm wrong. Kenneth? I gave it an 8 also. And oh, I'm not wrong. Yes. And then the only reason why I gave it an 8 is just because his face looks cool. Other than that, he's just oh. a typical killer to me. I'm still wrong. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that was it. I just thought his face looked cool. Otherwise, right. he's, just a, he's just a dude <laughs> that's fucking pissed off and going and killing people. I mean, you know, it's typical. All right. Alex, what's your high score for this one? Uh, eight. Oh, okay. You're an eight with everybody else. All right. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he, his face looked cool. Trench coat thing, hat thing. It's kind of, uh, I don't know if it was cliche by then, but whatever. 
Uh, uh, it's cliche if it was a giallo. It's precursor to the Dark Man. Yeah, I was gonna say Dark, dark Man. Dark Man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that, but <clears throat> um, <sighs> again, I did compare this to Sleepaway Camp when I did it, so. It's like, yeah, it's it's a cool idea. A guy was burned by people coming back. He's no Freddy Krueger, but it's like, you know, it's it's the real life Freddy Krueger in a weird way. You know, he's not coming back in your dreams, but you burned him. He's coming back just to kill the same kids who did it or one of them, uh, whatever. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, just I don't know. I just gave him an eight for whatever reason. I really don't remember. <laughs> So I like a, it. It's always wonderful to have you on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay, make me regret this less. What did you get? No, no, I gave it an eight too. Uh, wow, everyone did an eight. I gave it We're... an eight because of the design reveal at the end. I gave it an eight because he was decent for a slasher. And yeah, those two reasons, basically. All right, cool. Uh, we move on to Hero. Uh, I gave this a six. Our hero was Todd or Alfred or a duck. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I was going to ask you, who the fuck am I rating um, here? I didn't even know I what mean, you were asking me. Alfred is, well, it's supposed to be the main, like, if this was, if I said who's the hero of Friday the 13th Part 2, who would you say? Ginny. Exactly. It knows who the fucking main character is. Who's the main character in this movie? I don't know. At first, you're like, is it Alfred? Is it Todd? Is it that duck I saw? I don't know. Uh, and Alfred, he's kind of annoying. And our first run-in with him is him being fucking weird and peeping on a chick. And then, as for Todd, it's hard for me to say... Me and Kenneth got into this, because Kenneth agrees with me. Uh, well, Actually, I think Kenneth told me, and then I was like, I had the same shit written down. Um, it's kind of hard for me to see Todd as a good guy, when in his childhood, he set a man on fire and then in his adulthood uses that as a campfire tale. You're a fucking asshole. You that is are exactly why fucking, I gave it a five. You're a bigger fucking dick than Boone from Nightbreed. Okay? You're fucking <laughs> There's my score useless. right there. I gave it a five for the exact same reason. Because I see Todd as being the hero-esque kind of guy because he's the one that inevitably at the end of it takes care of the killer but at the same time it's like I'm 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 right there with Jerry. I'm like what the fuck man? What kind of weird fucking shit are you in in your life to fucking damn set somebody on fire, damn near burn them to death and then go tell kids about it to fucking freak them out before they go lay down. <laughs> Yeah, makes no fucking sense. Uh, so I, I gave it a six. I, uh, Kenneth gave it a five. Alex, what did you give it? Yeah, that's like that would be like Alice sitting at the campfire in part two talking about Jason's legend. Oh no, that wouldn't make sense because she didn't do anything to Jason. Like, I beheaded this woman at oh, camp, and okay. now she roams around in a gray sweater. That makes sense then. Okay, uh, blue actually. Come on, be an expert. Wasn't it gray? Oh, but it's it's gray. It's gray later on because it's all old and mucky and shit, right? Yeah. I was thinking of it from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah, it's light blue. Yeah. Um, yeah what are we doing? Heroes, gray. right? Yeah. Yes. I I'm I don't know if I was trying to be the opposite of a Debbie Downer when I was doing my ratings, but I gave it a seven. Um, I don't know who the hero is. Is it the chick from Bloodsport? Is it the weird creep? Is it? The guy who was crawling on his back while the guy is in his face with a blowtorch, is that a hero? I think, like, I think hero it was a duck. Glacier. Glacier was a hero? <laughs> yeah, because he, he got laid. Yeah. I and thought that wanted... was so hot when that chick was like, well, 
maybe later. And he's like, seriously? She's like, okay. Well, yeah. Oh, like, dude, I've heard that so many times. I'm like, look, this doesn't happen her. all the time. And she's like, we'll give it another shot later. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, but how hot was it when she really followed through with that promise? I was like, wow. Yeah, because that never happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, you were talking about before they had sex. I was talking about failing at sex and then her being like, it's okay, we'll, we'll just try again later. Oh, and he gave more promises. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that was, well, okay, I just said that happened a lot to me, but you just called it weird. Okay. Um, I love you, sure. Jerry. And Alex, your you're, you're, thank yeah. you, Jay. At least Jay likes disappointment. I like all three of your penises. <laughs> I just like yours. Um, yeah, heroes, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell who the hero was, so I really just kind of like wrote a number on here. So I wouldn't take it too seriously. So you can go ahead, Jay. Uh, I gave the hero a three. <laughs> no, seriously. So mostly because I couldn't figure out who it was supposed to be. And by the end of the movie, Todd takes the role of, like the like you said, like uh, Jenny or Alice uh, from as like the final girl, but a guy. But he's the whole reason it happened in the first place. All the blood of the kids are on his hand. He did it. It's his fault. Yeah. So if I want a guy, if finishing I... off the bad guy, but also causing the problem in the same in the first place. Yeah. If I want a guy as my final girl, I'll stick to Jesse. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna actually bring him up. And as for the guy who's supposed to be a, a guy a hero who does everything, uh, Tommy Jarvis is the one who brought Jason back to life. But we're supposed to pat him on the back when he drowns him and yeah, chains him. Yeah. No. Down same there. thing. Yeah. Tommy. If he had just fucking left good enough alone, we wouldn't have had a Nightmare Five, Seven, Six, whatever hmm? number he's. Rough Friday. Five, six. six seven, Whoa, time out. He didn't bring Jason back. And okay, say, oh, listen. Yeah, he did. Yes, never he mind. Did. He yeah, put okay. the rod in it that had lightning strike. I was yep. going to say it was God, but never it's mind. His Frankenstein. <laughs> he Frankensteined him. Fuck it. You're right, damn it. All right. So let's move on to our next category. Score slash soundtrack. I'm going uh, first. I... Okay, Ooh. shit. Okay, go ahead. I just, <laughs> you guys always Fuck say it. everything I feel. And so the time it gets to me, I'm like, I agree. It's well, if it makes you feel any better, we're, for Sleepaway Camp, we will be going in reverse, so I'll be last. Oh, fantastic. And um, you'll be first. God damn it. Yep, and you'll be after Alex, Kenneth. Yes. Everyone everyone gets their payback. I don't yeah. want Alex's sloppy seconds. Well, I too it fucking bad. Seven, okay. Because yeah, it was good. It actually felt very Fulci-like, too. Like the music he used in his movies that we've reviewed in the past. Agreed. Uh, uh, but... There were also times where I didn't think that it was needed as much. Like when she's finding all her clothes, it's like, underwear. I'm like, okay, that's not thrilling. Stop it. I thought it was. But overall, (laughs) (laughs) overall, it was was really well done. And I like the the synthy Italian style soundtrack that we got out of most of the movie. Okay. Uh, I also gave it a seven. I thought it had some really solid, uh, cool tunes. But, um... I don't think it did a good job with atmosphere or tension building. So while I could jam out to these, I would not really... I like the soundtrack more than I like it as a score. Kenneth? I give it a nine. Wow. Damn, homie, hold up. I saw that coming. I thought it was great, man. When he shared the link in the the group chat, I I thought it was fucking... I thought it was it. fucking awesome, man, because just the amazing mesh of the of the synthesizer notes and everything to fit with the movie, I thought it was really, really good. And it's the only amount of atmosphere that I felt because the 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 music itself 
was fucking amazing. I thought it was great. Um, I'll give credit. The reason why I didn't get a 10 is because I will agree with Jay that there were a couple of spots where it didn't, where it didn't quite go well, you know, but overall I thought it was awesome. Wow. Okay. Uh, Alex. Wow. I give it a seven. Um, I thought there were like two, uh, cues of music that, you know, there were two jump scares in the beginning. One, I remember him grabbing the guy's arm, the black guy, when, when his arm was all burnt. And then there was like one more cue in the beginning that definitely, because I was talking to my wife and that we were interrupted by both of these. Were so, you wearing a hat? <laughs> Can I talk to your wife? Yeah, I was taking notes while having <laughs> sex and wearing a hat. Okay, just uh, checking. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, those were cool. And then um, when I did pay attention to music, you know, I do get lost in movies, so I didn't really, like, think of it analytically. But, yeah, when it occurred to me, it was pretty solid. So I thought it was pretty good. So we gave it a 7, could, only because it's it's nothing, like, iconic. Uh, it's still good, though. And, um, yeah, nothing really stood out in any major way, but it was very Goblin-esque. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Wow, both y'all dropping that uh, Italian reference. Okay. Um, we move on from there to Scare Factor. Uh, I gave it a 7 because it does actually have a few good jump scares. And I think it's time we brought up the uh, raft scene where Cropsy pops up from his canoe. And we get a good jump scare there. Or the Big Mac scene where he grabs the black dude. Uh, there are a few good jump scares in this movie. That I really do enjoy. Um, now, my only problem is, is you're going to tell me they're on this raft. They're going towards this canoe and they don't see this motherfucker jump up from where he's hiding. Not only that, but how did you, ju what kind of Tony Hawk like balance do you have <laughs> that you can jump straight up like a fucking springboard from your back Bruce Lee wouldn't be able to do that in a fucking canoe. And this burnt motherfucker can? Get the fuck out of here. But it's a good jump scare. Anyway. Uh, wait. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'm going to go with exactly what I said to you earlier. Have you ever been on the water like that before? No. Until you get right up next to the boat, you really cannot fucking see anything in it. That's that's no shit. The jump part but of could it. He, could he him hide jumping, between? Like, don't they have like pieces of wood for you to sit on? Like, how was he, was he hiding underneath those? Like, I didn't, actually, when they got close to that canoe, I really didn't see any. But most of the time with a canoe, no, because damn, a canoe, the way a, the, the 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 balance of a canoe, if you if you're not sitting deep in it, it'll tip. Oh, so okay. so the part where he jumps straight up, I completely agree with you with. You know what I'm saying? But when you're inside a canoe, you have to sit close to the bottom because of the weight of center that goes with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at other ones that are that are made that have those seats, the bottom of it is a little bit more flattened to give you a little bit more room to tip back and forth. But if you got one that just comes straight down into a point, then, yeah, you, you're sitting inside of it. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you on this because I'm super pale, which proves I know nothing about being outdoorsy. <laughs> and you do actually know stuff there. Uh, but, Kenneth, the main question is, besides your knowledge of canoes, what do you rate the scare factor? I gave it a five. Oh! Wow. I just didn't think, I, I just I just was not blown away by any of the, uh, of the moments. 
you know, that were supposed to be, you know, fucking goddamn your jump scares or your intenseness or anything like that. I just wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I give it, I, I, I give it the five for effort. That's about it. Okay. Uh, Alex, where are you at? Uh, where I'm at is I'm going to say that uh, drinking is like legal drugs because I gave this a nine. And <laughs> I have what, no idea. you drinking? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> he was drinking uh, straight ether. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know how I came up with any of this. I really don't. I, I, I often, every time you come to me, wonder what I uh, was thinking. But um, I, I'll say this, like, you know, there were pretty good jump scares. And like I said, the music cues helped those out. I thought of the ref scene. I thought of the dude who's dumb. And then I thought of, like, the anticipation of death and things like that. So I was like, well, it's kind of all scary stuff. And, you know, uh, and I did give it that thing about the budget. So I was very generous. But without saying officially, I w- I'd probably give it, a, like, a 7 if I was uh, to renege on my score here. We don't use that kind of language here. <laughs> Jay, what uh, what what is your vote for Scare Factor? Uh, Scare Factor was a really cheesy reality show. Uh, I could never get into it. Okay. I'm just First that's, of all, that's fear factor. That, that, that early episode where they had the uh, midget dressed like a rat man was fucking awesome. That gay dude flipped out so hard. It was <laughs> if you haven't seen that just one clip, and the gay man comes back in, he's just like, "Little man, little man, are you okay?" It is so fucking funny. All anyway, right, all that's, right, all right. Yeah, just like that. That's fantastic. Uh, Scare Factor, I gave a five. It was, it's standard slasher stuff. Nothing, nothing too special. The uh, the face could kind of freak somebody out if they're not ready for it. That's about it. It just wasn't. The jump scares didn't do it for me. They were all pretty predictable. So it's mostly on the guy's fucked up face at the end and the uh, the brutality of some of the kills. Okay. Well, we move into the bottom three. All right. Entertainment value. I give it a seven. I do think it's an entertaining movie. But I can't go higher than a seven because the pacing really, really makes it suffer. Um, Kenneth, same. All right, Alex. <laughs> you gotta try drunk pacing. That goes up one point apparently because I gave it an eight. Okay, so I gotta be drunk next time. I'm breaking out the rum, Jay. <laughs> uh, entertainment was a six. Jason Alexander was a treat to watch. I thought he was funny. And then when the Jason killing Alexander action... out here looking like a snack. Yeah. A little uh, lunchable. <laughs> and then when the killing actually started, that was pretty entertaining too. So I gave it a six. All right. Rewatchability. I give rewatchability a six because it has so much downtime. There's way too many lulls in this movie that would make it really hard for me to recommend someone to rewatch this. I could maybe rewatch this once every five years. But halfway through, I'd probably turn it off and, and watch Friday the 13th Part 2. what I'm saying. Uh, Kenneth. I gave it an 8. Because this is, a, you know, regardless of my uh, issues that I have with it, I still could rewatch it, you know, more than one time. I mean, hell, in the past six months, I've probably watched this movie like five times. What? Yeah. Wow, why? Well, what? because... Yeah. It, because Kenneth, do you need to talk to someone? Is he on five different Are podcasts? You... Are you crying out for well, help? Originally, I had never seen it before, so I was interested in it. Oh, yeah, because I burned it for you. 
Right. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so when Jerry hooked me up with it, I watched it twice for then, and then I watched it sometime in between then and now, just for the fuck of it, and then I watched it twice for the show. <laughs> Fair enough. I, wa- I I can't say anything because I watched it twice for the show, once normal and once with commentary, and I have seen it a few times before this. So, all right. Uh, laughing man, Alex, what do you, what do you got over there? Uh, whiskey. <laughs> For, uh, rewatchability. Yeah, uh, whiskey need over there. He gave it a 10. No. <laughs> yeah, him and Watson drunk together and make them do a podcast. On oh, that'd be fucking epic. I must've sobered up when I hit this number. I, I put seven because, um, I've been aware or had this movie in some capacity for like 10 years, maybe. And I've watched it three times, which I guess seven is definitely an overrating uh, yet again. Because at, at 10 years, I should have rated it by each year and give it a three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, I give it a seven. I mean, it's like, I, you know, until I was asked to come on this show, um, I was like, not really it wasn't on my list of the things I'm going to watch next. <laughs> and it hasn't been for like four or five years. So, and then again, I compared sleepaway camp, which I watch every year. So I, I was even generous in that respect though. I should have still given it a five or a three, but yeah, some, stupid. yeah, I know I'm stupid uh, or drunk. One of the two or both, but I gave it a seven. Uh, if, if we could go ahead and just, uh, if it wouldn't r- mess up your show, can you just take two points off, please? No, go fuck yourself. Jay, uh, rewatchability, what you got? Uh, I gave it a seven. This is a first time watch for me, and it's one that I wanted to watch, being a fan of 80 slashers and Tom Savini. Um, I wanted to watch it a second time. I got about halfway through before you guys said, let's record super early. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I'll probably watch it again at some point. But it's the kind of movie that would like sit on my shelf until somebody who is also a fan of horror who has never seen it wanted to watch a movie, then I'm like, we should watch this movie, and we can make fun of it while it happens. Uh, so that's kind of why I give it a seven, just because it would get rewatched eventually a few times. Okay. All right, last round. Pop culture. Uh, I gave it a five. It has an okay mention in the horror community, but to be honest, this movie is talked about for one reason, and that's because Tom Savini turned Friday 2 down to do this movie. Other than that... I don't hear that many people talking about The Burning. Um, in fact, how many times have we brought up Friday the 13th Part 2 in this episode? <laughs> I think yeah, we clearly uh, wish uh, we were reviewing that. Yeah, yes. I think we need to stop. We'll all go watch Friday the 13th Part 2. <laughs> and just we'll come, come back, back and review it. When and it we'll really comes down this. to it, I don't even think that we need to watch Friday the 13th Part 2 to be able to review it. Because... <laughs> No, because Alex we've can all tell us seen beat it. for beat. We, yeah, we've all seen it so many goddamn times, and then we've got the fucking biggest fan in the world of goddamn yeah, Alex Friday has a too. goddamn fucking Friday the 13th Part 2 shrine with not only fucking a Betsy Palmer head, mm, but a uh, fucking full-on Jason mannequin. Right. And then on top of mannequin. I mean, he might as well be, you know, the fucking Jason encyclopedia uh, for that movie. Stick a suction cup dildo to it and let it pound you no he well he does put the suction cup dildo to it and then he just gets his wife really drunk and is like we're gonna have a threesome tonight sweetie <laughs> if it gets crazy okay. he brings over the betsy palmer head I need uh, that video. And, recre- and recreates reanimator i mean going back to whoever made the comment i need that video 
<laughs> that needs to be in my life as uh, soon as possible. <laughs> all right, Kenneth, what I need is your score. Six. I gave it a six. Just because, and, and it wasn't because before, but it, it's kind of like the fucking, uh, what is it, the, uh, the effect, whatever it's called, the effect of when you see something then you start seeing it more often. Like, like, you know, you don't pay attention to fucking, you know, like for me, I didn't pay attention to how many Toyota Corollas were out on the road until I fucking bought one. <laughs> or like when you learn a new word and then all of a sudden you start hearing it everywhere. Right. Exactly. It's the same thing. You know, I, I, I never paid attention to stuff where I saw things about the burning until fucking damn, I've watched the movie for the first time. And then uh, now I see it more often. So I gave it a six, even though it's the, the burning is still not a, you know, it's, it, other than what Jerry said, the Tom Savini part of it, it's still not a staple in horror. It's really not. So fair I, enough. Yeah. Alex, pop culture. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually was pretty. Uh, like I said, I sobered up towards the last few, and uh, I give it a five because it has no pop culture uh, impact at all. I mean, you can't walk down the streets of New York on rush hour and say, who knows the burning? Hello. And there's that one guy that's like, oh, yeah, when I pee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a whole lot more than one in New York, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd get 15 yeses there. But no, uh, for this movie, no, you get zero. Uh, this is absolutely a nothing. Listen, let, let's get serious. Pop culture. I mean, you could ask... You can ask people who's the killer in Halloween, and they'll tell you Jason. So do you think anyone knows this fucking obscure nothing of a movie? No. Nobody knows this. Nobody. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You might as well ask them, how, what do you think of Madman's new Blu-ray transfer? And they'll be like, what is that, that TV show? You know, it's a, like it's a valid fucking point, right? No one knows what you're talking about. So no, this gets. I should have given it a zero, but I, I, I'm a nice guy, so I gave it a five. <laughs> Alex is definitely <laughs> the guy that pays for a dinner and a movie, and if he doesn't get laid, he still calls back the next day. <laughs> he is a nice guy. He will take the burning out on a second date. Uh, Jay, pop culture. Uh, I gave it a four. I gave two wow. points to Tom Savini being involved, and I gave two points to the handful of people who think it's an amazing slasher in the horror community. And now after watching it, I realize they just want to sound cool by not liking Friday the 13th. <laughs> Damn, okay. I see you. Um, okay, so that brings our scores for The Burning with... I gave it a 96 out of 150. Jay gave it a 93 out of 150. Yeah, fuck that. Kenneth gave it 102 out of 150 and alex gave it 111 out of 150 <laughs> alex gets the award for highest rating jay gets the award for lowest rating well it should have been a better movie well you should have been a better movie i am a better movie you Watch are not me. a better movie you need more nudity i uh, all right turn on your cameras right now i'm gonna show you my dick <laughs> all right let's go <laughs> hold on <laughs> <laughs> For those uh, who cannot watch this because it's not a video podcast, Kenneth just turned on his camera. Uh, so I'm I waiting, guess someone's about to see dick. I don't know why Jay was like, you turn on your cameras. I'm going to show you dick. I'm like, that's not how this works. You have to turn on your camera to Listen. show us dick. <laughs> Listen. Um, I don't know. Anyway, does anyone have any final words about the burning that they want to say that they didn't get to bring up? Why does he kill that hooker? Is she related to the camp? 
Was he just bored? Was that a like a practice killing? I just want to know. It was rejection, I, man. I think it was a practice. She didn't reject him. She, she was like, you got the money. We're fucking No, dick. she said, no, I can't do this. So Get away. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because after she oh, saw shit. his face, she Wait. did do that. But that's on it. So you do you think he was going up there to actually have sex or to kill her? I don't know, but it was stupid, I and I want to know the answers. All right. Well, if we, anybody ever interviews the director, that's the question we need to know. Yeah. Uh, anybody else that has a question not related to hookers? <laughs> uh, well, then no. I got nothing. Okay. Well, then next up we have Sleepaway Camp. So, Sleepaway Camp is our next movie. Uh, this is a 1983 American slasher film written and directed by Robert Hilzik. I don't know how to say that fucking name. Uh, it's the year I was born. Yeah, the film tells the story of a young girl and her cousin who are sent to a summer camp where a group of killings begin shortly after. Um, I think for Sleepaway Camp... Um, we can probably just go ahead and jump right into our scores for categories. Because I don't think Sleepaway Camp's a movie you have to set up. You you know Sleepaway Camp. If you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Turn this off and go watch it and then come back. Right. Absolutely. Right. And turn advice. us on. And turn us on. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are starting with Story. Go ahead, Jay. Story, I gave it eight. Because it's an infinitely better than the story from the fucking burning. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it was it was. I just felt it was set up a lot better. Uh, we get the tragedy at the beginning, um, then it moves right along. You see the people with the aunt. Uh, speaking of which, I wish we had a whole movie dedicated to just the aunt character, because she's fucking crazy, yes. and I love it. Absolutely love it. All in her mouth. Yeah, well, that red lipstick does it for me, but right. that's besides the point. I like the way she talks. Yeah, it's so fucked up. Like, it's really unnerving and hilarious at the same time. Wasn't that nice of like, me? You feel like, huh? you feel like <gasps> if you don't do the dishes, she'll cut your hand off kind of person while talking softly like that. Like, it's just absolutely insane. I want more of her. I but want a movie of that, her as a killer and just call it Killing with Kindness. There you <laughs> go. But besides that, it's just it's just set up better. It progresses better. Um, it's more coherent. It makes more sense. There's more mystery to it. I just enjoyed it a lot more. All right, Alex. I gave the story a nine. I think it's fantastic. It's so well thought out. It's so deep and psychological. It's so not okay to, to make a movie about, especially when you're casting kids in it. And it's awesome for that reason. Um, it's well done. It's mapped out correctly. It has, you know, you always want to start off a movie with a big bang. And then you like, you know, go from there. And, and you don't even know why this relates to anything you saw in the beginning. You don't know who's who or what's what or what means anything. So that's interesting. And then you like see this whole thing play out with the psychology of kids and you figure, well, this is kid psychology, but it's like, no, it's much more than that. And then you get to this climactic ending, which is the most shocking ending of any horror movie I probably have ever seen. Um, 
you know, think, you know, there's a lot of endings to horror movies, but God, I mean, if this one didn't stick with you, something's wrong with you, you know? And it's just, uh, from beginning to end, what a story. And it's like, wow, what an ending. And man, yeah, definitely deserving of a nine. Gotcha. Kenneth. I gave it an 8.5 and pretty much for the same reasons. I mean, it was a, it was, it was a much better story. I think the creation of Angela itself, the way it was thought out and so on was just, it was, it was good. It was really good. You know, aside from those particular points, like the creation of her and the aunt and whatever, the, the rest of it was, you know, pretty much typical slasher esque. It was those main points that made it a better story. I agree with you. Uh, I gave it an eight myself. This is a prime example of how you take a simple story and give it such a good twist that it becomes deeper and uh, and way more captivating than your standard fare. Uh, I was talking to Kenneth earlier and I was like, do you think the story pushes the envelope or does it push buttons? Like when they were writing it, were they doing things because they wanted to push the envelope or were they doing things because they wanted to push buttons? It's, it's really hard to say either way. Um, but the story in it is absolutely fantastic. Um, I do think that once you go through it once, uh, the, the story has that punch once. After that, it's just a lot of like picking up new things and, and digging deeper into the psychological, um, which is why I give it a, a very, very solid eight. Um, now we move into character development. Jay, go ahead. Character development got a five from me. Uh, I feel like I should have scored that higher, but you know what? This is what happens when I do this quickly. You're the Alex um, of the show now. No, no. The rest of my scores, I feel like, are pretty, Look, pretty on point. Look, shut the fuck up, Milhouse. But, You're uh, the Alex. <laughs> besides Angela and her cousin, uh, I wasn't really too impressed with anything else that was going on, though. Uh, so that's probably why I scored it like that. I really like them. I really like the aunt. Like I said, I really wanted more of the aunt. It's just so fucked up. Um, besides that, everyone else was kind of easy to hate, except for the for for Dick Pants there. I don't know his name, but the guy with the afro who was always wearing a speedo, uh, he was okay. He was nice to nice to the kids. But besides that, everyone else was an asshole. Dick Pants. Yeah, dick pants. I don't know what else to call him. His dick was always poking out. Is that how they dressed back Alex then? Alex is, is right. It's Ronnie. Okay, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie dick pants. Uh, but yeah, so that's 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 kind of where that score comes from, is just me not, uh, me not really liking anybody else. All right, Alex. Wow, I got a complete opposite reaction. And I also took your question differently when you were asking for ratings uh, you wrote character slash development not character development well yeah so, it's it, cause, well because it's supposed to be the characters and also like what do you think of the characters and what do you think of their character development in the movie oh perfect because i did different differentiate the two so like when you ask that to me i'm looking at characters and then development as like another section of this. So I'm going to blend the two. And I mean, you can't get better than this. Angela, I mean, the development of her, she didn't even talk to anybody. And then she finally made a peep 
Then you see a development hurl character. She finally warms up to somebody only to be betrayed by the only person she trusted. And look where that ended. You got her cousin, Ricky, who defends her to the bitter end and this and that. And he's the protector and everything. And then he's seen as the killer and everything. And Judy and Meg and all that. Like, talk about Oops. two perfect villains for, for the atmosphere we're in, you know? They they played their part as if they knew, and even even when you think about the dude who ran the camp, um, the hell's his name? Ben? Was it? No, it's Ben's uh, the black guy. Uh, yeah. uh, Mel. Mel, yeah, Mel. Like it's almost as if like you look at these people and that's how they should act. You know, like those how that's how you perceive those people, how they look, how they acted in this movie. And it's like they knew what they look like and what they should be. And it was perfect. And and like you said, Ronnie or uh, Jay said, Ronnie, I mean, come on. These characters stand out so much. And even the dude already that character and and Darth Vader's father, Ben. You know, it's like amazing this character list we have here and what they offered and the, the diversity that they all brought to this role and, and how it all developed for some of them. And the other ones who didn't develop didn't need to. So I thought it was a standout character list and I give it a nine. All right. Kenneth. I gave it a 7.5. And the only reason why I rated it that high is because of Angela and the mom. Because I thought Angela's character was done very well. Um, her development was done very well. I thought uh, I thought the whole, all aspects of her were good. I liked the nuttiness of, uh, well, mom, aunt, whatever. I liked the nuttiness of her. Um, I really, really liked her. But everything else, I mean, you know, aside from that, I thought that all the rest of them were kind of typical. You know, you had every aspect of each one that you wanted. Like, uh, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is, is... I know where Alex was going with that, but at the same time, he pretty much defined what I look at as being typical characters. Yeah, but there's 83 or something, so you have to think of that differently. Uh, you have to see, even with the time period, I look at it the same. You had your typical villains, you know what I'm saying, in which, in, in which case they embodied their characters. Yeah, they so, did. Yeah, you know, so I give I, I I can split this up between the characters themselves and then the acting of the characters. Of, of, of the actors playing the characters, because I will split that in half, because when I get to the acting, you know what I'm saying, of them embodying their characters, yeah, but then there are other aspects of it that I didn't like, and I'll get into that, because that's actually my lowest rating is the acting itself. But the characters, they were typical. They were. everything To me, everything about it was, you know, you've got, like I said, you've got your villains, and then you've got your protector. You've got everything that is involved in your typical story. You know, it's like it's like if you were to take your characters and you were to put it next to, OK, you've got your plot, which consists of beginning, middle and end. And it's the same thing with to me with the characters. You have your villain, you have your protector, you have the love interest, the love interest. You've got it all. You've got all those things that are that are there. You know what I'm saying? And the authority then, figures, the authority figure, all of it. And, and to me, it was typical. And then at the end of it, what changed that, and to me, what gave it that little bit of bump was the twist at the end with Angela. That's what gave it the bump. That's what pushed it up a little bit further for me. It's because they did take something and they twisted it from the norm. Hmm. All right, fair enough. Um, for... I fall in the middle of you two. 
you just both articulated your points just way better than I could. But that's that's kind of where my rating came from. Is I fall in the middle of you two. So I'm at an eight. Um, the thing I like about this movie is it sets up the characters very quickly. And then it, use, it uses these very small scenes to help you understand the characters and their summer camp setting. Whether it's them playing baseball, you know, playing flag football, uh, going swimming, uh, eating at the cafeteria, doing a dance. Like They use all these very small summer camp scenes to help develop the characters with very small dialogue pieces. Um, as you go through, everyone fits into their character very easily, and I actually don't see it as typical or generic as I saw it in uh, The Burning. I actually see it as more natural here. Everyone feels more realistic to me. Uh, there's no one like Glazier who is just a straight-out, full-on asshole. It's a group of guys that are all kind of an asshole because they have a group mob mentality, making it to where the individual characters that we do get to know seem more realistic. Even the the the, the chubby kid who gets picked on, like, they still have his back when it comes down to it. Ricky is Mozart. still like, oh, give him... Yeah, when they're picking on Mozart and Mozart pulls out the knife, no one freaks out, Ricky. And when he gets his knife taken away, Ricky's still like, hey, we're just kind of messing around, man. Don't take his knife away. Like, they're still really cool with each other. They don't go that full-out stereotype. And that's one of the things I really love. And y'all have already hit on the great character development of Angela, the great character of the aunt. Um, when it comes to Angela, her character development through here is fantastic, whether it's her starting off silent, her starting to talk ever so slightly, her getting betrayed and then like her sexual awakening that happens when he tries to feel her up. And from there on top of her getting felt up, which she denies, she then gets cheated on because she was quote unquote approved, which seems to really set off a, uh, a more chaotic trend. Cause before then, the people she was killing were at least related to her and Ricky actually being abused, like or being mistreated by them. But once the sexual awakening happens, she actually takes some victims that are not related to that with her killing the kids in the sleeping bags later on. It's, it's a great uh, small thing that slowly builds her into a more unique character um, and then Ricky being fantastic, not only funny, but uh, being such a good protector of his cousin and watching out for her. It, it just, it, all in all, I love all the, there's even the asshole characters I still like. Uh, even the pedophile, I still like the pedophile. He's still kind of funny, uh, even though he looks uh, like, he looks like he could be an uncle in my family. He looks like the un there's an uncle I have that I don't talk to. And he kind of looks like that. Is um, that why you don't talk to him? Uh, no, I don't talk to him because he accused me of trying to turn his son gay. Um, I don't know if he was listening to much Alex Jones or something, but he said I was going to turn his son gay. Uh, so, which is not true. Uh, just because I'm from Alabama does not mean I try to bang my cousins. Okay. Set the record straight. It's not true. Um, Loser. <laughs> I'd bang some of my cousins. Um, but yeah, okay. I'd bang some of Jay's cousins. <laughs> anyway, uh, pacing and editing. Jay, take it away. 
no. No, I'm just kidding. Look, uh, you said Manning you wanted in... to go first. You're getting <laughs> yeah. to go first. Pacing, I didn't say that. Just on that one thing, because I was feeling uh, in, in the back. Pacing and editing, I gave it a feel it in nine. the back if you don't keep going. <laughs> Pacing and editing, He I likes it in nine. the back. I gave it a nine, Kent. <laughs> you keep it up, and I'm going to give you a nine. It's going to take it, me, it Alex, and Kenneth combined to make up the nine, but you're going to get it. I was just going <laughs> to say, I don't have nine. It flows really well. Come together uh, like Voltron. The events kick off very fast. It is, uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I love the way, ah, I'm repeating myself. I've really got to give myself some bullet points when I do these things. Um, I'm going to give you a bullet point. <laughs> it flows really well. Uh, it doesn't, there's no scenes, in my opinion, that are really wasted. Uh, everything is built properly in, in good story structure, and it just is uh, super engaging throughout. All right, sounds good. Uh, Alex, <clears throat> um, I gave it an eight. Probably could have gone higher. I was never bored by a second of this movie, and it's weird because a lot of the uh, uh, critics always point out the baseball scene as being the the worst edited or paced uh, scene of the movie, and I don't know, man. I kind of got engaged by that scene. I was like, okay, cool. We get to do this little, you know, side venture here and get back into the movie. So I never even had a problem with that. Um, like I said, you can never fault a movie that starts off with a bang and ends with a bang. And everything in between is just like progression, progression, progression. Cool to relive, cool to relive, cool to relive. It's even cool to relive the scene in the, in the uh, walk-in. Uh, with the dude unbuckling his pants. Like, there's not a single part of this that I ever felt that dragged or anything like that, so I probably should have rated it higher, but I gave it an 8, and uh, I think it's uh, solid as they come. All right, Kenneth. I gave it an 8. For the same reason. All right, Jerry. Um, I gave it a 9. Uh, because to me, there is no boring part. Even and I saw the same thing Alex did where people were complaining about the baseball scene. And I'm like, the baseball scene gives us one of the funniest fucking lines in the movie of eat shit and live. It <laughs> sets up character development of how it, it, that scene is there to develop the summer camp feel. I So hating that is terrible. The only reason I don't give this a tenant pacing is because the opening credits is slow as fuck, and I wish they would have just skipped that and went right <laughs> into the first boating scene. Uh, that is the only reason it does not get a 10 for me. Pacing is fantastic. I am intrigued the entire time, and uh, at no point in this movie am I bored. I don't ever feel like I need to grab my phone or drink vodka or put on a hat and have sex with my wife. None of that. <laughs> uh, so it, it just moves so smoothly. Um atmosphere jay atmosphere is a nine um oh, i thought you were gonna make a joke about it being a rapper i was actually expecting that i thought about it it went through my head for a second and then i decided to save can, my jokes for some of the other character categories. can i go through your head in a second yeah With but what? it's a dark dark place <laughs> that's all right my dick doesn't have eyes uh atmosphere <laughs> i gave a nine um it's really tense with them keeping the killer off screen, but the kills on screen. Thank you. That's how you do a, we don't know who the killer is. 
uh, original Friday the 13th, keeping all your kills off the fucking camera. I hate you. Um, with them keeping the kills on screen, but the killer off screen, they really built up the nice tension. Uh, there's a couple red herrings that uh, do well to distract and are plausible. And it's just all around is fantastic. It feels like you're at a summer camp with the mix of the horror for the movie, but also the way the kids interact with each other and all the settings and everything. It's just, it just works really, really well. So I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to talk about this later in the kills gore section, but you, then why are you bringing it up now? Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, now you, I need to know what you were going to say. You keep saying the kills on screen, but actually most of the kills are completely off screen and we just see the aftermath. Hmm. I'm, I'm I'm with Jerry. Me and him. Me and him actually have talked about this. I'm with him. There's only a but couple I, of them that are on screen. No, mm. like name one kill that is actually on screen that you don't just see an aftermath shot of the body. But so like with like I the can't. the cook right. off screen. You never see the water hit him. You just see his bubbling flesh afterwards. That's oh, that's stop. him dying. That's on screen. But that that would be like oh, oh well th- that kill was on screen because I saw the stab wound. No, so what I'm talking about when I say off-screen is things like where you see a fucking silhouette and the person raises the knife and you hear, ah, but you don't see anything else. This that is shows... literally this movie. No, it's not. No. But there was a, the, the one that I talk about that I just fucking, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to take okay. my own advice we'll and I'm going to save it. Alex, atmosphere. Where are we? Atmosphere? I'm going to smash the Snapple bottle against you. Hey. Jay, you be quiet, or we're doing Dream Warriors next, and I've got a lot of shit to take on that one. That's fine. At least let's get do to it. Watch it again. I'm, I want to do it for real. Let's do it. <laughs> Damn it, Kenneth! I'm trying to make empty threats here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I have to come back for that one if you do. Alex, you don't want that. Atmosphere. <laughs> we're doing <laughs> we're doing Dream Warriors versus Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, <laughs> the Horror Coliseum, biggest fuck you winner. I don't know. There's no title match no. was doing it oh wow i might be good wait friday two versus nightmare three yes oh wow can i come no. back for that <laughs> i'm just like glomming all like clearly i miss a skeleton crew right we might as well just let fucking goddamn alex and jerry talk on that one me and jay are that's it i'm no longer fireworks. hitting you with this diet snabble bottle i'm gonna shove it up my ass <laughs> that sounds uh, like i'm winning even more jay are you really gonna, gonna that, break jay? and i'm gonna bleed from <laughs> my ass turn the camera back off <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Alex? Atmosphere. Atmosphere. Yes. Um, I give it a nine. Uh, this is amazing to me. I feel like I know the whole area of the campgrounds. I, I'm so familiar with all the cabins and all the mess house and, and every little intricate piece of this movie. It just seems so like I'm there. And uh, I, I'm so into the atmosphere and the music. Everything is just so well done and the people make it feel lived in. It's just so great to me that I even bought a Camp Arawak T-shirt and a baseball T-shirt, if you must know, because uh, that's how into the baseball scene I'm, I'm also into just to rebel. And so I got that, too. And I don't know. It's just like so amazing. Um, I, I really, there's really nothing to elaborate without saying typical words here that are one or two syllables. Yeah, we don't say typical words here. Yeah, so I'm trying not to sound Jamie smart. So I'll just say cool, fun, and the or that. You know, normal words. Okay. And uh, 
And that's it. Yeah, I give it a nine. I love it. All right. Kenneth. I gave it a five. What? Yeah, I just what? I mean, really. Other than the other than the summer camp feel, I just did not there. Like again, I never was at a point where I was, you know, anything was unnerving. Um, I just when I was watching the movie, I was just like I was just entertained by the movie. Other than that, I just didn't I didn't get the creepy vibe. I didn't get any of the rest of that other stuff. The only thing that I got was the summer camp feel, and that's the only reason why I got the five. Wait, is this like a tension thing we're supposed to be giving a rating on? Well, it's it's like the way I look at it, tension, anything like that, anything that gives you the feel of what they're trying to convey with it. And I just did not get that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like in newer movies, you can go with atmosphere of like when they're trying to convey something by like color tones, things like that, that they use uh, utilizing the music with what's going on at the time, you know, things like that to convey, you know, uh a good example of giving the atmosphere would be like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know what I'm saying? Those the documentary kind of feeling. Okay, well, yeah. here's the thing. You might be missing something, though, because there's a book that was released a couple of years ago. It was called Examining Sleepaway Camp. And when it comes I, to what you're talking about, there are tons of things that convey tons of things. And a lot of them are camera angles. For example, like when cameras look down on people, when they look up on people, when they pan this way or they pan that way, the way they capture certain little elements. Like there's a lot of things that we're missing as a general like viewer and stuff that I, I swear to you is happening because I read the book that's happening with the directing of all this. And some guy examined it really deeply. And it's a book that I think any horror fan would love. Check it out. Definitely. It's like six dollars on Amazon. It's called Examining Sleepaway Camp. And there's a ton of things going on here that we're not even aware of. And I, I don't even know if Robert Hiltzik was aware of it. But I guess maybe I tapped into all those things. So I, like, totally skyrocketed my rating. But I'm not, like, shooting yours down. But I'm telling you, if you read that, you might feel a little bit differently. Well, well I'm, I'm shooting I'm Kenneth down. A read. I'd give it a read. But at the same time, I still feel the same way as I did. I mean, it just did not give me that, that fucking, that creepy vibe. It didn't. You know what right. I'm saying? I mean, like I said, I like the story. I like the aspect of it. Everything else that I've rated high, those are things that I like. But that was one of those things that didn't. I mean, you know, I felt the same way. If you noticed, I don't know if you paid it any mind, but it's the exact same score that I gave for the atmosphere of the burning. Uh, yeah. I think Kenneth is racist against atmosphere. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, I'm not. It's not that I'm racist. It's just that I want more. You know okay. what I'm saying? I do want more. When it comes to something like that, I want something that when I watch it, it makes me feel fucking damn either either excited or it makes me feel the tension or it makes me feel just fucking unnerved or something like that. I mean, hence the reason why I've even halfway considered watching a Serbian film because I'm pretty sure there are aspects of the atmosphere in that that adds on to the fucking just absolute shot outness of that movie. Oh, you're gonna cry. I hope so. All right. You know so, uh, all right. For my atmosphere rating, uh, I double Kenneth. I got a ten. I think wow. this movie meets the summer cap summer camp vibe amazingly. It does so well with keeping the mystery of the killer going. Uh, I think there are scenes that are just straight up creepy, and they do a good job of showing that. Uh, the scene where Angela kills the kid uh, when he tips the canoe over and she just kind of appears underneath it 
and drowns him, then it's so fucking creepy, especially from his point of view. Like, oh shit, Freak Girl's here, and then he's fucking drowned. Uh, I, I think this movie does that fucking feeling you get when you first see the ending of this movie, and she's standing there naked with her fucking mouth open, like, I feel unnerved. I Like, I feel the twist take effect. I feel this whole movie does such a good job of bouncing me between making me feel how the, the summertime fun of everything down to the creepy mystery of the killer. I absolutely love the atmosphere in this movie. Yeah, Kenneth, yes. did you take that into account, that ending scene? Yeah. That's fine. Now, we like if that atmosphere doesn't affect the same people, affect people the same way. He he didn't get the atmosphere from this movie, but there's movies that he gets atmosphere from that I'm like, I get no atmosphere from. Right. Uh. I mean, I think I think when it really comes down to it, the the atmosphere part of it is subjective, you know, because it's like the ending scene. Whereas even though I agree at the fact that the reveal and being and and it being fucked up and whatever else, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? And I and I get and I agree with the creativity of the person that wrote it, especially for the time period when this came out, when that wasn't, you know, as as often, you know, talked about. But now when you when you're looking at it, man, I mean, just because that had that vibe of it, that doesn't change the atmosphere of it for me. That just makes me think that the story was better. Because I still doesn't feel, you know, when I seen that, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's fucked up. But it doesn't creep me out. Huh. Okay. So we move on to scenery and set design. Jay, take it away. Scenery and set design, I gave a 10. It looked and felt like a summer camp. That's like it doesn't need to get much more in depth than that. It gave off the feeling that it was supposed to. Nothing seemed ridiculous or out of place. It all made sense. It flo- like all the sets flowed really well. You, if you look at it enough, you can almost place the whole uh, layout of the summer camp. So I thought it did. I thought it did its job. All right, Alex. Um, scenery set design. I also give it nine. Um, like I said, it, pretty much what Jay said. It just felt like that. I felt I knew everything. Um, very familiar. Everything's laid out properly, and every every setting can conveys everything that every scene was meant to make us feel. I believe, like even the way like the beachfront or the waterfront was shot at the end, the way the the, the distance that they used when Angela was being carried off and thrown in the water, uh, everything and the way the distance they used when Meg was approaching her at the time and just like the, the way they used the scenery, you know, that everything is utilized so well. And even the, the, I guess the theater or whatever that was supposed to be, cause it seems like a theater at one point and then another point, they're just like eating candy bars and wearing cowboy hats. Like, I didn't really know <laughs> what that was, but it's like, but it still works in, in those ways. And the mess hall works and the walk-in works and, everyone's cabin works you know you're like stuck with these people you hate you know and angela's uh you know estimation and stuff like that or it's a nice cozy one when it's you know uh this ricky and his friends and everything and everything's cool or the baseball thing it, it all works so the settings and set designs all were spot on so i give it a nine all right 
Kenneth, let's hear you. You better not give this a five. I will beat I you did not. fucking I gave it an I, I gave it an 8.5. I thought it was really good. Um, I like the set design. Uh, it looks really awesome. But the crazy thing is, is that we all would like it because it actually, I watched a documentary on this movie earlier today, and the camp that they filmed it at was actually the camp that the director went to when he was a kid. Nice. So it actually is a summer camp that, that he filmed at that he was familiar with, and that's the reason why he utilized it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I gave it a 10 because it looks like a summer camp. All right, acting. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I, and that's exactly what my notes say. That's fucking funny. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Jay, acting. Acting, I gave a five because, let's be honest, with the exception of Angela and her cousin Ricky, right? That's his name. I'm so bad yes. at names. Yeah. Uh, everyone else was just kind of like 80s, cheesy, standard horror movie acting. All right, fair enough. Alex? Uh, although I wouldn't agree exactly on all that, I'd, I'd still give it a six. I'm sort of what you're saying, but uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think Angela's acting was actually really great. Um, Ricky was more natural to me. The, the aunt was insanely bad, unless she was just trying to be a complete psycho. Uh, but no, that's it. She, that's the be- she's the best part. Well, yeah, but, you know, technical acting. I don't think anybody, any actual real studier of the craft would ever see that as, like, so, fine acting. I will point out that she did question why the director wanted her to act like that. And his response is basically, are you going to act normal when you force a boy to be a girl? Right, I did see that, too. And, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's weird. It's like, yeah, but is that the approach that, you know, Julia Roberts would have taken if you told her the same well, thing? Well, fuck you know? Julia Roberts. Well, I'm just trying to say, like, an actor. <laughs> but that's what the director <laughs> told her to do. It's not her, no, I know, like, choosing. Not exactly. I'm sure she came up with something that goes, well, yeah, that worked, you know? Like, he couldn't exactly, I'm sure he didn't act it out for her. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think what she's doing is really good acting. Um, does she seem like an unhinged like lunatic sure uh i don't think it it doesn't still come off realistic though i just I, although it does on some degree so it's it's a weird thing and i'm not <laughs> really fucking arguing with yourself yeah though. i know and i'm not really hammering her exactly i'm just saying this whole movie Kids is would not hammer her absolutely i'd hammer her too she'd be like that feels so good in my butt it certainly <laughs> does wait I f- oh i tied this little rope on my finger to remind me to thank you for that yeah, yeah. exactly like, I made you a sandwich. Wasn't that nice of me? Hmm? (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not hammering her exactly. I'm just saying, like, this whole movie is not a showcase of fine acting, you know? So I give it a six. Uh, It's passable. Mel is okay. Um, Like, these two evil girls, um, the one has these facial expressions that seem to come out of a comic book, which are amazing. Not Mel, the other one. uh, uh, Judy? Judy, yeah, Judy. Yeah, like, her facial expressions and the way she conveys the evilness of herself, It, her faces are like classic comic book faces that you draw on a character if you're trying to convey something. So it's pretty fascinating to watch her act. Um, but other than that, everybody else is just, you know, okay or bland or whatever. But, yeah, it's just, to me, it's just a six with the acting. All right, Kenneth? I gave it a four. 
And the reason why I gave it a four, the only reason why it got that high of a rating is because of, you know, Felicity Rose and the chick that played Judy and the mom or aunt. That was the only reason. Because I thought that Judy embodied that fucking cunt aspect. Fantastic. I thought it was great. You know, she's one of those people that would just be like, it would take everything I had not to just fucking, you know, just kick the shit out of her or something like that. If I was Angela, I would have cunt punted her a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it's kind of, you know, poetic justice that she gets killed the way she does. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, so it's like she. I mean, she did a fantastic job. I also think the, the the blind stare that Fliss Rose did for Angela was was great. I liked that. I really enjoyed that. And then the 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 absolute shot out shit of the mom, I, I I enjoyed it. I'm still trying to fucking pinprick exactly what that reminds me of, how she acts, because it reminds me of something, but I can't remember what it is. But those three, I really really liked. Everybody else, I thought were terrible. Fair enough. Uh, so, I gave the acting a 7. And I do want to say I always give a little bit of handicap when it's children uh, as the actors. Um, I don't expect them to blow me away. They're children. Some will. Some are very good actors even as children. But, you know, most of them, I'm not going to expect them to Well, Corey Feldman would have. Uh, yeah, but then he would have drug overdose and I would have got blamed for it because I touched him when he was a child. And I don't want to go down that route. But he still would have blown you away. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Stranger so I, I personally <laughs> think, uh, okay, yes, you have a point, but I think everyone does okay in this movie. Uh, it doesn't, at no point do I ever feel taken out by anyone's acting. And when it comes to the acting of the aunt, I have a theory that the reason the ant is is so fucking out there is to offset the children actors. If Aunt Martha is so fucking out there with her acting, it's going to make everyone else in the film seem more natural. So it's a great thing to do to make the children actors look like they're better actors. Also, it sets you up that something is not right in this movie and it's based off her acting. So when you come to the reveal of Angela, it makes sense because you're like, okay, Aunt Martha is a little fucking out there, okay? Martha's a little fucking cuckoo and that's why her acting is weird. That's why she did this to this child. And so I think it's twofold. I think it, it works very well because it helps us deal with the other actors in the movie it it kind of goes if she because if you watch this movie and you go she's a terrible actress it's going to make everyone else look like they are better at acting um and that's just a, a theory i have i have no proof of this i've never heard the director say this but that's how that's what i feel um so i i, I guess i'm pretty high on high on the acting in this movie uh, we will go to special effects, Jay. Special effects. SFX are my favorite category. Um, Jay, you're off the show. Alex, do you need a side podcast? We're looking <laughs> for people. Mic. Uh, yeah. God damn I'm not going to drop this mic. It was expensive and it's really nice. Okay, Jay. Special effects. Go ahead. Uh, I gave it a seven. They were uh, what we got to see, which we got to see things were really good. Um I don't know why. See, now I'm I'm mad at myself for giving the burning a ten and this a seven. But it is what it is. Maybe because there wasn't as much 
going on in the way of because most of the effects in, on in the burning. I, well, here's the thing: with the burning, you have a lot of you have a lot more kills on screen, which are harder than harder to do. As to where with Sleepaway Camp, a lot of the times you're only seeing the after effects, which is 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 not. It's impressive because it looks good and it holds up better, but it's not going to knock your boots off because you're just seeing afterwards. You're not yeah, seeing the effect sense. in motion. But yeah, so what we got to see, I really liked. I really liked the effects on the guy after the water got dumped on him. Um, <laughs> in general, they were just they were good. And then, of course, the ending is a special effect in itself, and that's fucking... It's devastating to see for the first time. It's uh, phenomenal. It's a very haunting image. Agreed. Alex, special effects. Uh, I give it a seven. Uh, no particular reason uh, why I read it that way. It was more like, you know, it was good. Nothing was phenomenally amazing. Uh, the, the arrow in Mel's neck was pretty cool, the way they cut that in. Um, the kid under the canoe, when they revealed him, was not that amazing. But the reason they went that far to even have that fake dummy was just, believe it or not, just to get that snake out of his mouth because he kept talking about the water snakes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's why they sacrificed that that image. Um, <laughs> uh, the kid who was a beehive was dropped on him. It's like that is what he would look like like a week later, not like thirty seconds later. So that's not really good special effects. That's no, no, like... no, 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 no. The special effect is good. The accuracy to real uh, life is not. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna feel dumb when I get to mine. <laughs> um and then you got like meg in the shower i was that was okay it was like a weird cheat because she stabs the wall of the shower and all you have to really do to pay that off is put blood running out of it so there's really nothing challenging there um the girl with the curling iron i mean all you need is the shadow really of that to convey anything who needs to see any more than that and they couldn't you know what are they going to show besides that um I just try to think of like the major kills. Uh, but yeah, the guy with the water dumped on him. Amazing. Really amazing job on that. And he definitely portrayed a guy who's scalding to death. So, uh, yeah, give it a seven because, right. um, it is what it is. You know, speaking of scalding Kenneth, go ahead. I gave it a nine. All right. I really, I really, really liked it. Uh, the boiling, like, like Alex was just saying, that one looked really good. I, I really, really liked it. You know, I had to fucking turn the TV down from the screaming. But <laughs> uh, other than that, I really, really liked that. But the one that I was the most blown away by is the one that, you know, Alex kind of just ran over. He said it just looked cool. I thought the arrow in the fucking throat looked awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I was, I was actually, I sat there like fucking five or six times and rewound that. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Because I'm trying to figure it out, and I was sitting there, and I was, after about five or six times, I was like, okay, I was like, this, I was like, the only way that they would have been able to do this at this time period is I was just like, they would have had to have had the fucking the arrow, the the part of the arrow with the head on it, flip up from the back to make it look like it it just appeared. I was like, and then the other half of it, the only way they'd have been able to do that because it's one solid shot. There's not a cutaway, and so they would have had to have fucking pulled it to him. And that's actually how they do it. They had a string that was fucking going around from his back through the front. That's the reason why you see the neck piece on there, which kind of looks shitty, but you see it on there and they were pulling that arrow with a string towards his neck, 
really fast. And then when the, when the arrow actually hit his neck, it fucking damn triggered the thing in the back to make the fucking uh, the other end of the arrow flip up. Yeah, it was great. I thought that. I, I was, was gonna super say hard. I rewatched that scene a lot and could not figure out how they did it. It took me a while, dude, because I was sitting there and I was like, man, I was like, that looks fucking great. And it took me a while. And then I figured it out and then it was confirmed when I was fucking watching that documentary later on today. But yeah, that to me, that's the reason why I got a nine. That one right there, because if it's if it's one of those effects where I have to sit there and fucking rewind the movie to figure it out, then yeah, that that one blew me away. Yeah. Also, I think the only real on screen kill by Angela. Well, we'll get into that next category. Okay. Uh, for me, special effects got an eight. I think they are great effects, but I do not think they push any boundaries. The part where I'm going to feel dumb is from what Alex said is I think the realism in this movie is very good. I, I felt like every, like, uh, the, the effects on the body of the bees, of the drowning victim, of the boiling water, I think it all looked very realistic. Um, oh, I didn't even. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, Jerry, but there, there was something that I forgot to mention that I was going to, and I just got on a tangent about the arrow. Go ahead. The the uh, the 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 head for the kid that was in the fucking boat. I thought the eyes on that actually looked really fucking good. There are other aspects of it that I didn't really care for, but the, the eyes were bad. Right? right, right. But the eyes themselves, for those eyes to be fucking artificial, I thought they looked pretty goddamn good. I, I agree with you. Count the kid's head on the beach too. I mean, that was probably just trick photography. Like it was his real head or whatever. So we're not really counting that, right? Uh, like, wouldn't trick photography be a special effect though? I don't know. I mean, like, was it was that a mold of his head or what? Like, what are we probably supposed to believe? Probably a mold. Because yeah. they did a mold of Angela's head, so I'm, just, right. you know. All right. So um, yeah, I, I, I give it an eight. Super solid, but does not push any boundaries. Time for kills slash gore. Jay, you're a whore. Kills, slashing, and gore. Uh, where is it? There it is. Uh, ape. I gave kills and gore an eight. Like a uh, Megilla Gorilla ape or? No, no, eight. I can't oh, enunciate. Oh, okay. God damn it. Um, <laughs> it gives it an ape. Yeah, an ape. Uh, uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong. That's my score. Um. They were good. Uh, pretty much the same reason I gave the special the special effects as Evan is just they were uh, they were fun to watch. Uh, even though you've pointed out that it's now the aftermath and not the actual kills, but whatever. I still feel like since I got to see something about it, it was good. Um, but the the bees, the the acid, the arrow through the neck, they're all just very entertaining to watch. And I wait, did you just say acid? No, yes, you did. That's what I thought he said. You said bees and acid. Did I say acid? Yeah, I I assume you're talking about the water. I am talking about it. You're thinking about part two. Why the fuck did I say acid? You're thinking about TC. I don't know. Also, why would they have one giant pot for all that corn as opposed to two medium sized pots? That just (laughs) seems like a steady issue. they, They had to make that pot. That pot doesn't exist. They had to make it. Well, it seems like a bad idea. She should have dumped two regular size pots onto her. (laughs) It's not very practical. (laughs) That's funny. Either way, it was entertaining to watch. Yeah. All right. Alex. 
Yeah. It's funny you do. I'll admit, you opened my eyes to this whole thing, too. I mean, I know. I've watched this movie probably 30 times and I never really thought of like I'm watching Aftermath Kills. But I don't know. You know what? I'm going to say something um, that it was crafted so well that it's like you don't need to see any of these kills because you don't really need to see water splashing on a guy to feel the impact of a guy getting scolded to death. But we all know is a gigantic pot of boiling water. Uh, you don't really need to see an iron in a girl's pussy to really get that impact and have that Why? cringe. I, you, well, we're not oh, going to anyway. Kenneth needs to see that because he's going to masturbate to it. The rest of us don't. Well, I want to masturbate to okay. it. Okay, Jay wants to masturbate to it also. Alex and I don't. Yeah, you're not going to see it anyway. So that's kind Can of like... Can you close your eyes while I masturbate you, while I masturbate myself, <laughs> while I watch that video? <laughs> like... you. Where would you listen when you get a kill like that? You're only going to get it that way. What movie are you watching beside even like Serbian film? I'm sure. No, you wouldn't see that even there. So it's like, yeah, unfortunately, get, they took it out of Friday Five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they had just he had would, a, he a, tried, though. a knife to the stomach or something instead. But it's like, yeah. Uh, and like the kills, like the beehive. Do we really need to see bees landing on this kid or stinging him? What would that really mean to us? You know, that would be pretty cool. It just it would just be bees on a body, though. I mean, which you seemingly got anyway. I mean, it well, just, yeah, but I mean, stuff like that just ups the the creep factor. But here's the, the thing: uh, the had we have, had we have seen the actual deaths on screen. They probably would have looked pretty shoddy, like the burning. It would have not have held up over time. So right. showing the after effects instead, where you can do much better special effects because it's not the effect in movement, makes it to where this movie stands the test of time. And it's why most people don't even realize most of the kills are off screen because they see the after effects and they just don't think about because oh man, that was an awesome after effect, and they're so captivated by the movie. I think it's a it's a fucking an applause to the movie that it's so good that most people don't even realize we don't see almost any of the kills on screen. It's all after effects. Yeah, is that with like the whole argument with Texas Chainsaw? There's not a, there's yeah, not there's a... no blood or with uh, Michael Myers. They're like, Oh, Michael Myers was so disfigured when he took the mask off. And it's like, right. no, he just had a tiny cut by his eye. Right. His eye was just a little off yeah. his, his eyelid. Yeah. Like there's it's a whole the jaws barrels. Right. There's a whole like th method of all this that what your imagination has done far exceeds what could have ever been done by some guy with a bunch of rubber and plastic and goo. You know, like you couldn't even really do what's going on in our minds. So uh, I really should have redone my score here and given it a nine, but I, I guess I gave it a seven. I was being a little too practical and like, you know, too whatever general with it. But I, I really give it a nine, but I gave it a seven. So uh, okay. I thought it was great, though. All right, Kenneth. Before I give my score, I, I was thinking about the on-screen kill for the bees and what Alex was saying. And I just got this weird mental image in my head of, like, this anime-style kind of thing where there's a bee flying through the air and you got all the shit going behind him, like I said, like in Dragon Ball Z or something when he's flying through. And he's just got his teeth gritted and everything. 
and then he fucking goddamn lands on somebody and then just starts stabbing the shit out of him with a stinger and be like, fuck you, motherfucker. And all my buddies are coming and shit like that. And the goddamn, you see all of them and it just turns into this whole big screaming thing of dude, like looking up to the sky and fucking screaming as all these bees are just fucking goddamn stinging him over and over and over again. It, it, I, yeah. Yeah, but that could only happen with CGI if, if it ever was. No, I was thinking happened. completely animated. Oh, well, I'm saying that it could have never happened here. So I think what we got is probably the best case scenario. Yeah, I just that that's just what came up in my head. You know, yeah. I just I thought I it was just, pretty cool. I just picture someone going, "You have been sentenced to die, death by bee orgy." <laughs> that too. I gave it a nine. Nine. All right. Yeah, I gave it a nine. I really, I really, I, I really enjoyed the kills. I thought, I thought they were, you know, I thought they were pretty cool. Um, the the boiling water, I, I, you know, other than the 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 act of it happening right before, which I thought was kind of stupid, you know, with dude fucking leaning over the top of it and then just getting the chair pulled out. And what fucking planet do you live on where you're gonna grab a hold of the hot pot to try to <laughs> fucking stop yourself from falling to the ground? Neptune, uh, things weigh a lot less there, and it's possible that you would have floated and the pot would have stayed in place. I mean, that to me, that was, I was just like, come on, man, really? I mean, if anything else, you know, and then he's holding on to that fucking shelf. And at that point, when somebody grabs a hold of it, I would have just pushed off of that shelf and fell backwards or on top of the person. Because oh. if, it's, if it's a kid, where well, I guess at this point you don't really know, but damn, I would have, I would have fell my fat ass on top of that person and be like, fuck Well, you. he knew. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, so it's he didn't like, have long to fall. He was only standing on a chair that was like a foot tall, right? Right, and and so you know, it's like looking down at a pot of boiling water that could that that does the damage that it does. And I actually know of a person that this has happened to on their legs, and it did some serious damage. You know what I'm saying? So it's like looking down at that, and then just gonna let somebody pull a chair out from underneath you, and then you when you fall, you're gonna grab a hold of the pot. Come on, man. That that was the biggest fucking problem that I had. He was with. probably too busy thinking of bald pussy. May have been. You know what I'm saying? I think at that means, at that instance, you know, I would have lost my erection. But hey, different strokes for different folks, I guess. But uh, that was the only reason why I didn't get a ten. Because I like the I like the idea of the kills. I like where they went with it. I thought the fucking the uh, the bees and everything was very summer campy. I like that. Even though the fucking special effects look shitty afterwards, I still like the uh, I like the aspect of it. You know, because I was telling Jerry a story earlier of uh, when I went to summer camp and the only bathroom that we had was an outhouse and it was nasty as fuck. What I didn't get to tell him is the other reason why I never shit in the outhouse was because it was full of fucking bees. And so, you know, like yellow jackets or whatever that linger around stuff like that. And so, damn, I like that. I like the the arrow. Obviously, I've made that clear. The arrow I thought was great. So, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the kills. So that was the reason why I gave it a nine. All right. I gave the kills a seven because a lot of them are off screen. So I do I like even though it works for this movie and it made the movie in the long run last it makes it look better longer down the road i still have to give them points off for that um and i i will say even though we do get um like some nastiness with the dead bodies the gore is actually pretty minimal in this movie but i feel like it's very realistic um 
so I like that. So I gave it a seven. We move on to Monster Slash Killer. Jay, take it away. I gave the Monster Slash Killer a ten because it does a really good job of keeping it a secret. I mean, if you haven't found out the ending because the movie's so old anyway, of keeping a secret to the end. The red herrings make sense, and just the fucking reveal at the end is so gut-punching that it just absolutely desire, just, oh God, I can't fucking talk. I'm in the terrible business. <laughs> uh, it absolutely deserves a 10 because of just how, how well it's done, in my opinion. I think it's. I think Angela is a much better mystery killer than Mrs. Voorhees in the original Friday Thirteenth. All right, Alex. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything he said. Although, uh, oddly enough, rated her an eight. I should have went way higher, ten also. But uh, more so, like when you encapsulate the trilogy, of this whole series, it's definitely a ten. But um, yeah. Angela Baker is an iconic killer. It's a shame that she never really ever will at this point get the recognition. Like she'll never be up there when people make collages of Freddy, Jason, Pinhead, Chucky, Leatherface, you know, all these guys. She's never really standing there with that mouth open or anything with the knife up. And it's a shame because she should be. I don't know how this movie fell between the cracks what it was. I mean, this is the most loved and endearing characters in horror, especially women killers, which is not a, a big thing. Uh, you know, Mrs. Voorhees was mentioned. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Mrs. Voorhees a little bit goes a point above Angela Baker, I guess. But as far as, like, the reveal of her, no, no, no. Uh, they did a terrible job of revealing Mrs. Voorhees and did an amazing, epic, unforgettable job of revealing Angela Baker. So, yeah. Uh, sadly, I oddly enough gave this an 8, but I think it's really a 10. All right, Kenneth. I gave it a 10. I thought this was... I thought she was a great killer. Um, I, th I like the development of her, why she is the way she is, everything. I thought I thought it was great. So, you know, I've, like I've said earlier, I like the, the way that they did the twist for her and whatnot. And then it's a time period for when this came out. That was something that was just not prevalent for anything, you know? So I imagine the people that didn't know anything about the movie when they watched it, when this came out back then, were just like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So I really enjoyed it. So I gave it a 10. Give her a 10. This is one that I now feel like I rated too low. I gave it a seven. Um, I think the mystery that's of the killer. You're a uh, that's a hundred percent true. Um, the but I don't sleep with uh, burn victims, so let's get that. I'm a way. burn victim. Hey, hey, We're wait, wait, wait. Together. Don't you dare say that because if I hadn't have told you that I wasn't, you would have thought that I was, and you have yeah. messed around with me. Okay, yeah. but I can still say I don't fuck ver burn victims because you're not an actual burn victim. True. Well, I've got areas where I'm burned. Does that count? <laughs> I burned my hand on the oven the other day. Anyway, I've, I've, I've got the, smiley faces on my arm. I did drop a pot of boiling uh, ramen water on my leg once uh, a few years ago, and it did, like, I had a, uh, a penis burn on my leg for the longest time. Like, it just looked like a penis. Um, but the mystery of the killer is great, and the end reveal is awesome. But I don't feel like 
Angela didn't make it to icon status. I'm actually not that big of a fan of the sequels. Um, I kind of like her better as is. Um, With the mystery of the first one, I I am the Michael Myers of Angela. Okay, I I like the mystery because I like the mystery. I don't want it to continue to her to keep coming back, come back, come back. There's a lot of people who think that if uh, it uh, if Halloween would have never went past the first movie, it would have been perfect. But because it kept going, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And that to me is Angela. I like Angela in this one movie. I don't, it's not like Psycho where at first I was like, I do not want a sequel to this. Then I saw it and I was like, oh my God, the sequels are fucking amazing. With this one, I'm kind of like, it just gets watered down and played for goofy laughs. It it becomes the burning of slasher movies when it (laughs) continues into sequels for me. Um, I knew, I knew Alex was not going to like that. I love two and three. Um, so I yeah I, I just it just, she just gets too goofy in those for me I guess yeah but that's what it was though it was I, like I a better version that. of Jason Lives you know I I and I get that but I just prefer my Angela right. to be Sleepaway Camp one and that's it um eh. but but yeah I I should have rated this higher and I didn't but so I went with a seven um, now we go into Hero Jay take it away Ooh, excuse me you caught me right in the middle of a yawn. Uh, hero, I gave a two to because there's no fucking hero. There's no hero. First of all, the bad guy wins. I mean, she gets put in a mental institution, but she wins. Nobody kills her. Nobody stops her. She gets to kill everybody she wants. Uh, Ricky tries to protect her, but in all reality, I mean, that's, I don't know, it's not really a hero because she's the villain. So, I don't know. There was just, it was very hard for me to score this, even more so than The Burning. So I just kind of gave it a two for that reason. Uh, I might have a stand-in score after you guys are done talking, but for me, there wasn't really anybody that was a hero. There was a few people that were trying to be nice to her, but that doesn't really constitute a hero, in my opinion. Nobody stopped the bad guy. The bad guy won, which I love, but there was no hero for me to score. So I gave it two. One for Ricky trying to to protect her, and one for uh, Counselor Dick Pants uh, to be nice to her. Fair enough, Alex. You know, if I thought this through better, I would have given it a 10 because Angela is the hero. Because think about it. She is a vigilante. She is getting revenge. She's the nerd who's getting revenge on everyone who picked on her. That's all there is here. The killer is the hero. And if I thought that through, I would have rated it different so the cook definitely deserved to die he was clearly right. a rapist piece of shit but some of the kids like well, the they only... all did something Ex- judy the deserved only... to die the judy only deserved to die okay everyone who got killed deserved to die according to angela except for the three children in the sleeping bag no yes kills. they did they How? Th- what did they do? Don't you remember what they did to her when uh, Meg threw her in the water and all the kids were throwing sand and rocks at her as Ricky was taking her away from that area? Oh, shit. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. I did, she too. Fuck them up. Fuck. Never mind. Yeah, they deserve to die. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> so she got those little bastards back. So 
honestly, Angela is the hero. That's all there is here. That you know, she's both, which makes her even more amazing. Which is sad. Again, I do appreciate what you're saying. That it's cool that she's in the background. She's not on the forefront of the major killers. That's cool that she's our own little niche person, and we all love that, and we all love her for it. But I understand that. But think of everything she is. She's the dichotomy herself. She's everything. So the the fact that you know, if I thought of this ahead of time, like I said, I would have rated it higher, citing her as the hero. But I forgot that, so I rated it a five for the same reasons Jay did. There really is no hero to speak of in that uh, typical fashion. Fair enough, Kenneth. I gave it a seven point five, and I gave Ricky the seven point five for the effort because he's the one that I saw as the hero until Alex opened his brain and flooded all that shit out, and now <laughs> I'm completely rethinking it. But, damn, before that, that, he was the one that I was looking at as the hero, and I gave a 7.5 for number one. He always did his best to be there. And then number two, he had a very, very foul mouth. Fair enough. Uh, I gave it a five because is Ricky the hero? Is Ronnie the hero? Is the duck the hero? I don't know. Um, I don't know what's up with Yeah, the duck. Where'd you Uh, see a duck this time? Fuck you uh, is where (laughs) I saw the duck. Okay. Uh... Camp Affleck, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really feel like there's a hero in this movie. For the adults, I guess it would be Ronnie because he's the most level-headed. For the kids, it would be Ricky for trying to protect Angela. But at the end of the day, n- technically, the only hero in this movie is Mel because Mel's the only one trying to actually stop the killer, even if he is wrong. Uh, he's. He's stopping the wrong killer, but he's trying to stop the killer of who he thinks is the yeah, killer. But he's also beating children. And I'm covering okay up with murders. that. Okay. Fuck him. Yeah, we don't need to tell He covered up the murder of a pedophile and a fucking jerk. Fuck him. Uh, go Mel. Mel gets five points from me. Score and soundtrack. Go right ahead, Jay. <laughs> uh, I gave it a sick. Is that sick? I gave it a six. <laughs> Uh, there's not really much to talk about with it. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. The music was used well. Um, but it was nothing really stand out at all, in my opinion. Alex? I actually love the music. Um, I thought it was great, great cues. Uh, very 80s, which I love. And, um, standout song at the end. I mean, God, uh, you're you're just what I've been looking for. I believe is the name of the song at the very end. It's actually written for Angela Baker herself. That band wrote that song for her. Uh, and I play it all the time. I actually like pulled it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the score, it's its its memorable to me. It, it It's not as iconic as the big hitters. But, yeah, I gave, uh, I gave the music a uh, eight. All right, Kenneth. I gave it a four. Wow. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, to me, the the rest of the movie wasn't nothing but little excerpts from that song that Alex was talking about. And I liked the song, but at the same time, it just didn't have the impact that the the stuff from the Burning Hat or any of the other uh, other slashers and stuff like that. You know, it, it's not one of those things where it's like as many times as I've seen Sleepaway Camp, I probably would not pick out the music from Sleepaway Camp versus other movies that are out there. You know what I'm saying? So it just, it didn't do it for me. It was all right. I gave it a four. Okay. Uh, I'm with Alex. I gave it an eight. I think it's super solid. I feel like the music always fits. I'm never taken out. Sometimes I get taken out by music in a movie. And for me, 
I think the music does best when I actually don't even notice the music by itself because I'm so enthralled with the movie that the music just blends in. Um, that's what happens with Sleepaway Camp. I always feel like I'm inside the movie and the music never really bothers me. And that opening theme song that does play over the credits, I really, really enjoy. So, Scare Factor, Jay, where you at? Uh, Scare Factor, I gave a five. Um, in retrospect, maybe a little bit more. The uh, I keep keeps coming back to this, but the ending scene is very disturbing. Um, everything else was just kind of standard slasher fare. Like, there's no really, it's not really scary. It's it's like the end scene is super disturbing, and the kills are fun. But I wouldn't really classify this as scary per se. Um, so I just kind of gave it a five for that. But that's something I could dive in deeper and possibly change my score on. Okay, Alex. Yeah, uh, I for for someone who doesn't really get scared really at movies and stuff, and I definitely didn't watch this young enough. I definitely gave it. Uh, well, I did give it an eight, and I definitely think I did that because it has it has a lot of shocking moments in a way, and and a lot of things that are unnerving whether it be the Judy kill or even like the kid's head rolling off her lap at the end or the end scene in general. Um, even like the beginning with like the boat, we don't you know. Nobody really touched on that. Like the boat killing the kid and that gay guy. So it was like kind of like everything about it is kind of scary or unnerving or like, okay, what am I watching here? And, uh, the end shocker, you know, it's so I think the scare factor is definitely an eight, uh, even though we're watching a movie with a bunch of kids, which definitely makes it harder to be scared. All right, Kenneth, I gave it a five. I mean, it was all right. The end of it was disturbing. But other than that, I mean, it's just it wasn't scary to me. It was just, you know, my my entertainment score is higher because it was entertaining. It wasn't really scary. It was just more entertaining. You know, I felt like I was watching, you know, one of those. Uh, <laughs> I think somebody said it earlier. I think I was watching one of those fucking, you know, summer camp comedies with killing in it. I mean, that's that's kind of the way I felt about it. I was more entertained than than scared. So I gave it a five. Gotcha. OK, I gave it a six um, and because as a slasher. My problem is when the when the killer is killing people that recently just did something bad to someone, it's hard for me like it loses scare factor because if they're good people that die, then it's like, "Oh my god, he's so uh vicious." But when it's people that were just bullying someone, it's hard fuck for that me. motherfucker. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. I'm like, fuck them. As someone who's been a victim of bullying, I'm just like, yeah, fuck them. Let them die. Um, and and that's so when people die in this movie, for the most part, the only people I felt bad for were the three kids in the sleeping bags. And now Alex has convinced me to fuck them also, <laughs> so they can die. Um, so I like I, but I will say that because of that ending being so deserving, I have to give it something slightly above average. So I gave it a six. All right, we're down to our last three categories. Jay, how did you feel about the entertainment of this movie? Oh, I gave it an eight. 
absolutely entertaining through. I like through. how he said an eight like it was a ten. No, well, I mean like it's just, <laughs> just sorry. <shut> up. <laughs> it's good. I'm done. <laughs> you got rid of his brand new mic. Yeah, oh I'm gonna sell it for Coke and Denzel Washington pictures. <laughs> um, <laughs> I gave it an eight. It was super entertaining through and through. I mean, it's not perfect in, by any means, but it was very entertaining to me. And so that's I gave it an eight. All right, out. This blunt one. Uh, when I have shirts and seek out not one but four interviews of the two main stars of the movie, I've interviewed Angela Baker and her brother Ricky twice, uh, both of them, on our show. And, you know, I met them both and things like that. Or, no, I just met Ricky. And hung out with him in a bar and got him thrown out of Monster Mania because he never went back to sign autographs. Uh, yeah, that means that, to me, that means it really impacted me to the point where... I'm way into this, and um, I'm just wondering why there's no figures of these people or anybody released of this movie. And uh, I've watched it about 30 times. I watch it every single summer. I try to watch it more than once in a summer. So that is a straight-up 10 to me. So that that all those criteria mean that I absolutely love it, and it's definitely like a top-20 horror movie for me. So entertainment is uh, top-notch. Yeah, if someone at some point down the road was like, take a podcast and give me the 10 movies you think represented their career, Sleepaway Camp would be on there for Skeleton Crew. (laughs) So much so that when Skeleton Crew was ending and I was at a horror convention, I got Felissa Rose, who played Angela, to to say a goodbye for the Skeleton Crew. And, And in fact, one of the big things me and her talked about was... The story of how she met her husband, which I learned about from the Skeleton Crew. Because no one had really talked about it until the Skeleton Crew. And her husband is um, the guitarist for CKY. Yep. And he used to wear the Angela Baker in-scene shirt. And he also had it for uh, a sticker on his guitar. And someone told her. And they ended up uh, getting married and having kids. And they're still (laughs) happily together to this day and she told that story to the skeleton crew and it's also she is one of the nicest fucking people ever i have ever met she remembered mine and reese's name the entire weekend every time she saw us she would scream hey jerry reese hey come over like she like got it to the point where she was introducing us to caroline williams she was (laughs) like she was you know uh, everything she was awesome um and i just want to bring that up since we're like he has interviewed, he's had four interviews for actors from Sleepaway Camp on the Skeleton Crew. So you definitely need to check those out. Um, but let's move on. Kenneth Entertainment. I gave it an eight. I thought it was great. I, I was really entertained by it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, just because a movie isn't scary to me or something like that doesn't mean it's not entertaining. You know, and when I watch it, I'm, I'm entertained by it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the movie. I'm enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those movies that I can put on and, you know, enjoy and enjoy it. Like I enjoy some of the other movies that, you know, I enjoy from different time periods. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like, it's one of those movies that I don't have to be 100% engrossed in to still be entertained and enjoy having it on the TV. You know what I'm I saying? So you know, and that kind of makes me put a little bit retro. Put a, go back and wish I could change my score in retrospect for the next category. 
Yeah. So I'm at a nine. Uh, the movie's super entertaining. Uh, the comedy's fun. The mystery of the killer is great. The atmosphere and pacing is just fantastic. It's so easy to stay engaged with this movie. Um, so now we move into its sister category, rewatchability. Jay? Rewatchability is a nine. Uh, I've watched this movie four or five times now since the first time I watched it, and uh, it just never stops being entertaining. Uh, the end doesn't hit as hard if you've watched it recently, but it's been almost a year since I watched it last, and when I watched it for the show, the end definitely still has that impact, even though you know it's coming. Just that, that scene is just so unnerving. I know I've said the same thing a million times over, but I just can't... Uh, I just can't... Uh, we just get don't over have that how, much of vocabulary, right? How good... Yeah, that's... When I... When I I'm not kidding man when i don't write down <laughs> things i mumble like this it's fucking ridiculous go watch one of my youtube reviews that i script out ahead of time and then watch this i have the vocabulary i just i'm an um 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 kind of guy and it's really upsetting to myself when i'm trying to have a intelligent discussion about a loved horror movie uh but yes rewatchability is a nine i could watch this one at least once a year and not be upset at that at all all right alex yeah, I don't have the vocabulary to really ever articulate anything about this movie to show what I feel about it, but uh, I guess I'll just do it by numbers. Rewatchability is a 10 to me. Like I said, since uh, I, I was lucky enough to walk into Best Buy one day around 2004 or so, and I just saw this weird box set or this like first aid kit type thing that was just sitting there and it said Sleepaway Camp and lucky enough, I just didn't know what it was, but I picked it up anyway, brought it home and I literally have been rewatching this since then. So that's like 14 years every year. Uh, I'm sure I watched a lot in the first five years compared to making it a summer tradition. So it's definitely a summer tradition. I can never have a summer without it. I love it. 10. Absolutely. All right, Kenneth. I got it listed as a seven, but in retrospect, like I said, I wish I could put it a little bit higher because it's entertaining and it does have more rewatchability. So, you know, like I said, I mean, I wish I could go back, but I can't. So it's it's at a seven, but uh, you know, it's it, it's definitely it's definitely in one of those that I could just throw on the TV and just let it run. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I have it at a nine. Um, what I said in entertainment basically applies here. It is such an easy watch. I can watch this at any time, and it's good. Um, and in fact, there are so many different commentary tracks for this movie that I can, you know, throw on a commentary track and listen. To, I've watched, listened to it with a commentary track with the director and Felissa Rose, with the actors, with uh, Adam Green, Felissa Rose, and uh, Joe Lynch when they did it for uh, the movie Crip. And it's one of the funniest fucking commentaries I've ever heard. Um, so this has so much rewatchability because not only is it just a fun, entertaining horror movie, but when you add in commentary tracks, holy shit, it is fantastic. Um, we move into our last category, pop culture. Jay, pop culture. Pop culture, I gave it an eight. Um, it's not as well known as, as the other slashers, uh, but it is known at least... 
so a lot more than than the burning especially amongst horror fans uh mainly for that ending and the reveal um so that's that's kind of where i i went with that score there's really not much for me to to dive in on that all right alex uh i don't have as much faith in the horror fans as jay does i give it the same thing as the burning five i don't think people know nearly enough about this as they should yeah i i'm sure they know that image at the end and stuff like that but Many people know the image of Cropsey holding up the the, sh- the shearers or whatever that's called. Uh, so I don't know. I don't really think it made much of an impact, sadly. This is not a rating I'm happy about giving. But, you know, uh, like I said many a times on this movie, I, I don't know why it's not up there with the big boys, but it isn't. So I give it a five. All right. Kenneth? I gave it a nine because, I've, I mean, the, anywhere that I go... For me personally, down here, anywhere that I go that's got anything that has to do with horror, I see it somewhere. You know, I see the image of you know Angela with her mouth open, or 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 I see the iconic cover with you know the the knife with the shoe on it. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. I mean, I, and then on top of that, every single uh, every single friend that I've got down here, for the most part, unless it's somebody that's just absolutely damn cinema illiterate. It knows Sleepaway Camp. Every everybody down here where I live knows it. Yeah. Because it's it's like, but but then again, you also got to take a, take into consideration here. You got to take in that your where you the type of area that you live in, your environment. You know what I'm saying? We live in the woods here, so Sleepaway Camp and Friday the Thirteenth and movies that take place at camps or in the woods or something like that are more prevalent here than they are in other places. Yeah, I agree. Um, so at first I thought I maybe rated pop culture a little high, um, especially my reasoning for it. But uh, I gave it an eight because it, it's huge in the horror community. It's one of those movies that you know the ending before you've ever seen the movie because so many people talk about it. It's it's one of those movies that is on that list of movies you have to watch in horror. But the reason I actually gave it a little bit higher uh, and gave it an 8 was because of how I found the movie. So there's a band called Census Fail, uh, Screamo Band, and they have a song called Angela Baker and My Obsession with Fire. And I was like, who the fuck is Angela Baker? I, I had heard, I started, I, it was off an album, um, Let It Unfold You, and I was in ninth grade like when that album came out, I think. Um, and so I had the album and I was listening to it and I just, I, I, I was like, who the fuck is Angela Baker? So I, I jumped on the internet and I started searching and I found, uh, that it was from Sleepaway Camp. So after visiting a couple of, uh, blockbuster movie galleries, I was able to rip the movie and actually watch it. Um, and in retrospect, uh, she never set anyone on fire. So buddy from Census Fail, I don't know why it's called Angela Baker and my obsession with fire. Should have been Angela Baker or my obsession with Dick. Mm. I love Dick. Um, or curling irons. Or curling irons. I guess that's the only heat in this movie. Um, yeah, I love the sound of that sizzling pussy, man. <laughs> sizzling teenage pussy. Yeah. Only in Denmark. Um, only in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, in the horror community, this is... A super well-known movie. If you're in the horror community and you've never watched Sleepaway Camp, you're an amateur. You're not. You're not hanging out oh. with the big dogs. Okay. 
if you don't know who Angela is, you at least know about the, you've heard about the ending of Sleepaway Camp. You've had to. There's no way around it. Um, and it does creep out into the main pop culture. Like I said, I found I found out about it from a screamo band, uh, CKY. You know they use the imagery, um, so it's 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 out there. It may not be mainstream, so I can't give it a ten, but I, I feel like it's pretty strong. Uh, so with that being said, it is time to get into the final scores. Um, wow. Yeah, finally. Um, can you imagine so, if we'd have waited till our normal time? We'd only been like an hour we would, in. We yeah, we would be fucked. Yeah, we starting early was definitely a good idea. Yep. Uh, You're so, uh, I gave the movie a hundred and nineteen points out of possible hundred and fifty. Jay gave it a hundred and nine. Kenneth gave it a hundred and ten, and Alex gave it a hundred and eighteen. What's interesting is Kenneth gave it one more point than Jay, and I gave it one more point than Alex. I think that's very, very interesting. Because uh, on the burning, no one was that close. It was 96, 93, 102, and 111. Huh. Um, but with this one, it seems we were all kind of together on it. And I think that's pretty fucking neat. So that means, rating-wise, Sleepaway Camp is the winner for Best Summer Camp Slasher Horror Movie. With that being said... Does anyone like The Burning more than Sleepaway Camp? No. No. Kenneth? No, as I've done this podcast, I've changed my my thoughts on it. I'd actually, when it really comes down to it, I'd rather watch Sleepaway Camp than The Burning. Okay, because I was because Kenneth told me earlier yeah. that he liked The Burning more than Sleepaway Camp, but me and Kenneth both know, and anyone who does a podcast knows, you can change your mind as you go through and start talking about it and realizing things you don't see, which is one of the reasons why I make us lock our scores in before we start recording. Once yeah, we start recording, yeah. you cannot change your scores. We had this happen uh, on the last horror coliseum with Sleepaway Camp, uh, not with uh, with Silence of the Lambs and pop culture, where we had a misunderstanding of what we were doing uh, with Kenneth. And at the end of it, you can change your mind and you can go in there. Um, there are a few things that all of us wish we could go up or down on, but those are yeah, all like you. you, like me and uh, Kelly. I, w- in a, I wish what? I could go down. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, she's old enough now. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, let's talk a little bit more about sleepaway camp. Uh, some of the things we didn't really talk about Alex brought up. Uh, we didn't talk about the uh, dreamlike scenes in here that deal with Angela seeing her father and another man and then her and her brother kind of touching each other, uh, which is very odd. Um, and the, the death scene in the beginning of it shows that Angela and her brother were... Well, I'm sorry. A boy and a girl are on a boat with their father while some stupid teenagers wreck their boat into that boat killing the killing one of the children and the father and we later find out that the child that survived went to aunt martha and aunt martha decided to just change the survivor into a girl because she already had a boy that makes sense to me (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) uh this movie 
depending on your thoughts on it, either pushes buttons or pushes the envelope. This movie is well ahead of its time, but at the same time could probably not be made today. Oh, definitely not. Somebody would throw a fucking fit. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Um, the openness of the pedophile in the beginning of it, and everyone's just <laughs> kind of laughing him off. Um, the question of... Uh, is it... Uh, the dangers of forcing your... Ch- as a parent, forcing your child to be what you want that child to be instead of letting the child decide is very big in this movie. You could go into deep deep psychological talks on this movie. We could pull like what we did with Last House on the Left where we went super deep psychological on the movie with Sleepaway Camp easy. Yeah, There's... Alex if we if we went that deep in it, I think Alex would just be like, all right, I'm I'm out. Because <laughs> hey, he, he he didn't like that episode. It's it's that you didn't have the fun factor. So if you go deep and you add me in the equation, like me, my wife and that Jason mannequin then yeah it'll be deep and fun yeah, i was just gonna oh. say then i'm gonna go super deep yeah you guys just took it a little too seriously if you all just all the way to my shoulder <laughs> wow <laughs> wow yeah. my ass hurts no i would love to do an in-depth psychological look but i think you definitely have to read that book i suggested first because that'll give you way more i mean that's like a playground of psychological depth um yeah no, the, you know, there's so there's so many things to this, and that whole thing of her and the kid and the room on the bed, and it's the way the camera's spinning and the way it's all black. And if you notice, when she's having the recollection with her aunt later on in the movie, when she's deciding, I'll name you Peter, or whatever she said to him, or said to Angela to make her a boy, that's all blacked out, too. Um, so... There are a lot did of. Did you notice now? Uh, speaking of that particular one, did you notice that when they're filming that, it sounds like that the ant is on a, like a stage for a play. Well, probably because thought... the emptiness of it all. Right, exactly. That's what I thought was crazy mm-hmm. because, like, when you see the other scenes with her in the in the house or whatever else, it definitely doesn't sound like that. But when you get to that, it sounds like like they were filming a play. Yeah, out on a stage and stuff like that, which I thought was wild. Yeah, no, you can go super deep on this. It's yeah. great for uh, that reason, too. And another thing, if you have the Scream Factory Blu-ray, you know about the scene where uh, when um, fucking uh, Judy dies and it shows Angela coming into the doorway. It's oh, yeah. actually Ricky. So I always wanted to know why that was. And it turns out um, all those scenes of like... Angela's hands killing someone or Angela popping up in the boat. That's all the uh, Ricky. That mm-hmm. is all the actor who played Ricky. Mm-hmm. He did all of the kill scenes and they just hit it because they didn't think anyone would really see it. Cause it'd be too dark, especially in the movie theater or on VHS. They didn't think it would matter. So Jonathan Tearson is actually the one, the actor doing all the killing. So he technically plays Angela through all the killings. Um, well, yeah. Except for the last one, which is a some random dude who wanted to show his penis on screen while wearing a mask of a little girl. Uh, I'm not here to kink shame if that's what you're into. Actually, in that documentary, in that yeah, in that documentary that I was that I was watching earlier, they they said that he cried. Yeah, he hated it. 
he didn't like to do it and and he just did it and then and then after that the the one thing that they said and alex probably knows about this is that that dude has never been seen again nope never again he doesn't go to conventions nothing what is he listed on imdb I don't, Probably, think so. I don't know because he never has done anything. Never came forward with the fact that he was the actor that did it and nothing. And he was totally fucked up on, I think, whiskey or something like that. Like he couldn't even do that without being. He was. When you look at that person again, just know that person you're looking at is totally fucking doesn't even know where they are. Uh, yeah, no, it's not listed on IMDb. Yeah. And the other thing is, the whole thing about Ricky killing everybody, that was also to throw off the viewers because to have a boy's uh, hands do everything, it's, I guess it's more distinct. If it's a girl's hands, it's sort of obvious. So that, and also the other reason they did that is because you got to oh, remember no, that Angela is. is a boy. So uh, you're supposed Archie, to see boy features. Archie uh, Liberace? Liberace? All he did was sleep away camp. Holy shit. Yeah, there's nothing on IMDb for him. Not even a picture. Holy shit. It's because he wasn't happy about doing it, man. No. I would have done it. My dick isn't big enough, but I would have done it. Well, considering how cold it was out there, you might not even look like you had one. Yeah, we'd probably Uh, say, well, she's a naked girl. What about it? Yeah. Yeah, same thing with me. They would have been like, why does Angela have such a big clitoris? I don't understand. (laughs) Uh... So, yeah, if you guys would like us to do a, a very in-depth run through a sleepaway camp, let us know. Maybe we will. If you're one of the people that um, won tonight for the giveaways, please contact us so I can send you a picture of what you can pick and I can get your address. And uh, if you want us to do something for Horror Coliseum, if you've got a good enough idea... Throw it at me. I'll throw it in the runnings. We have a few other things picked out. Um, it, of course, will be a couple episodes when we do another Horror Coliseum. We do have some pretty uh, cool ideas for episodes going forward. Um, make sure you check out Alex on the Married with Children podcast. Um, or run through some back episodes of the Skeleton Crew. Both are fantastic. Or go and, look him up on Pornhub. Or go look him up on Pornhub. He has a porno tape of him in J-Lo. <laughs> Um, I'd like to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I would just ignore myself and watch it. <laughs> For I ignore her. Um, <laughs> and as always, you can check us out on Legion Podcast Network. You can check us out on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook group that's fantastic. On YouTube, we are doing news from the news that Jay handles, and it's fantastic. If you want to know, yeah, what what's going on in the world of horror. What's the new releases coming out? What's hitting theaters? What's getting announced on Blu-ray? We're your one-stop shop. We put out one video a week that covers it. So come check that out. And like I said, links are in the description. You'll be able to check out all that, including the stuff for Married with Children podcast. Alex, do you got anything you want to say to the people? Um, thank you for putting up with my inebriated, drunken ramblings. That's the same thing. So it's an oxymoron or something, right? Uh, it's been a great time, though. Uh, these guys are great. Um, yeah, glad, they are. <laughs> glad you're listening. If you're still even listening to me, that means you're super dedicated. You don't need me to tell you that they're good because you're like three hours and 30 minutes into this or so. Uh, yeah, checks in the mail, Alex. <clears throat> but yeah, no, uh, it's always a great time with you guys. I'm glad I finally got to record with Jay. I don't think I ever did. Nope. No, because it was always like some weird 
movie he didn't want to review or something or no i want to review all the movies i just have shit we had some scheduling conflicts for a little bit with his life so okay that's all it was that was just my guess i guess i was wrong you Uh, were wrong (laughs) much like your scores (laughs) they they i agree with you on that one but no this has been great uh two great choices of movies to battle out you know i'm glad we didn't throw a friday in there it was something more unique than that summer camp related it's summertime it's perfect it's like june 20 when you're releasing this i don't know tomorrow six fifth <laughs> 25th <laughs> it's the end of 25th. june oh okay yeah, it's the end of june we released it the day you heard it exactly well, this is live actually happy you're, birthday. <laughs> you're listening live believe it or not uh but yeah thanks guys for having me on it was a great time and uh i'll come back anytime hopefully you want me on again hey i think we're gonna do psycho 2 at some point because uh jay finally watched psycho 2 and 3 and now he wants to talk about them but we've already done psycho 3 so now we're gonna do psycho 2 at some point oh good um so with that being said jay do you have any parting words i do uh this is episode 50 and I just want to say I end. I typically end my YouTube videos by saying I love you and I'll talk to you again soon. I stole that from Boogie2988, uh, but I think it's a wonderful message to end on. And I mean it, guys. Any of you that are actually listening to us now, and you gotta, because the website's saying that you're downloading the episode. You can't just download three people talking for an hour and a half and then not listen to it. That'd be insane. So all of you guys that and ladies and people, all of you across all the spectrums that are listening to us, I love you. I love you very much, and I appreciate your guys' support. Word. Kenneth, you got any last words? Chicks with dicks. <laughs>